me uh, as a jumping off point, but like, uh, are you familiar with like Takashi Miike's movies? No, you're gonna find I'm pretty illiterate when it comes to films and oh, that's you, you know what I mean. That's I'm fine. in a lot, but the I'm gonna, lo- this is gonna be a learning well, again, curve for me. Again, these are the, the reason why we did this was deep dives yeah. into unknown films, and like these are we're putting these movies that aren't in the discussion into yeah. the, you yeah. know ether, and we're just like putting it back out there. Like you guys need to watch these movies. Yeah, yeah. it's a great mandate. Yeah, yeah. Joey, Joey brought up this movie called uh, Man Bites Dog, which is like, uh, it's, it's not French, it's mm-hmm. like another small country it's next a, to France, I remember. But they're, but they're speaking Belgium. French. It's Belgium. Belgium. Yes, Belgium. Yeah. That's right, Belgium. Uh, but it's a, a French mockumentary about a film crew following a serial killer that they just like bumped mm-hmm. into and they're all just nothing artists so they're like, this is going to be our big movies, we're just going to follow a this project. guy. Uh, cool. you, you know, and uh, it's interesting because we're just doing this starting out, but that uh, episode immediately got like sixty or seventy listens, and it was just like yeah, it's getting yeah, real with big traction right now. No, oh, amazing. Yeah. Nobody else has like brought this movie up mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? So and, yeah, the, the reviews and everything we were seeing were like 15, 20 minute reviews or breakdowns on like on a, on a YouTube clip or something like that, or even on Reddit. They gave like a paragraph or two, and that was it. But we're like. We want to dig into this, so yeah. it became almost a three-hour episode itself because, <laughs> oh, wow. it was, yeah, it's there's so many layers to it and everything, and like the voice, uh, like the cast, they all make extremely interesting decisions while they're like yeah. on camera. Yeah, but it's all in the universe of like we're being held hostage by a serial killer, essentially. Who's very boring <laughs> and tedious. Yeah, yeah it's, but, it's, but that, is that how he kills people? It's such a it's such a wild movie. But it's so cool because like there is this sort of like not like not like bigging ourselves up but just saying it's interesting that like we have already kind of seen by talking about this movie that joey just loves mm-hmm. but now we love because mm-hmm. it's an awesome movie mm-hmm. like immediately there was almost like a void that was filled of like people who probably watched that movie and were like i need to hear someone talk yep. about this because i don't know what the hell i just, know like, walk, uh, yeah. several, over several of my coworkers were coming up to me like hey I listen to your show and like i wanted to watch that movie like right away and like i checked it out and it's messed up man yeah <laughs> oh, cool. yeah so, so yeah. i'm hoping been similarly with with slash yeah, that's, exactly. that's what it became for us resurgence. that's literally yeah. what it became for us we just fell in love immediately oh right on we should we should do the intro because yeah, i just yeah, want to explain, the, yeah, explain just how so this movie came into my life <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, i mean screw it. i'll just keep all that shit in welcome to the devil's work podcast <laughs> uh we are here today with an absolutely uh amazing guest i am so honored to have you here on the show sir uh i am sideshow with evelyn and skeptic and today we are joined by neil napier as as also known as chainsaw charlie and the preacher man from slashers (laughs) we are absolutely floored right now we like you could tell in our excitement (laughs) like we are so happy that you can join us today like thank you so much for being here awesome man it's my pleasure guys it's uh i'm glad that uh that that film came into your life yeah absolutely this is the man that we have to thank yeah this it's all due to skeptic thank you so much this was like when we first started talking about this movie uh this and a couple of mikke's films uh who's a japanese director i I love his work but this a couple mikke films a couple other things immediately came to mind and when we first uh started like putting the list together of movies at early on i was like oh we're gonna do slashers next and then i went online and i was like i can't find it anywhere (laughs) 
And the only thing I could find was on Amazon for 150 bucks. The 150 DVD. bucks? Yeah. 150 dollars. Yeah. You and need I, to know. I'll sell you my copy for 125. You know what? <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Chainsaw Charlie's copy? I would have paid 150 bucks. <laughs> but uh, so I was like, oh no, I got to pull the brakes. How am I going to find this movie? Um, and so we ended up having to sail the seven seas to get it. Okay. But. Uh, <laughs> When I was a kid, when I was like 11 or 12, I just found it at uh, the video rental store. Oh, wow. Me and my sister and like my best friend at the time, you know, kids, you just go there once or twice a week, look for movies, something looks interesting. And it's uh, Preacher Man on the cover. Yep. You know, yep. like that's just lived in my head forever. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's awesome. Like just thinking back to the days of just being able to like pick a movie in five minutes based off the yeah. cover. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we just took that home, watched it. I think we watched it like twice the same night. Really? And it was... Oh. It was just like so mesmerizing to us and it's just funny like when I still lived in that town we would rent it like every couple of years to watch again and like me and my sister used to not get along very well uh, and now we get along really well but when we were kids there was a lot of like friction and stuff but we both loved this movie. The Chainsaw Charlie <laughs> Chain was like a counselor. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. In, in, in like a weird way. He always uh, struck me as a family counselor. Yeah. He's a family man yeah. for I, sure. I can't stop doing doing the voice around my house. <laughs> so, Can we hear it? Hold on, y'all. You're not listening to each other. <laughs> That's naughty. Not nice. That's awesome. I got the seal of approval. <laughs> Communication. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I mean, he brought it to our attention, and we were just like, I have no, I don't think anybody's really ever heard of this movie. You know, Not a lot of people we have. Like, yeah. I was like, whoa, this is insane. And then, like, we saw, I saw the cover, and I saw the trailer, and everything. I was like, this looks awesome. Yeah. I don't care, like, what I'm getting. I just want it. Like, uh, wicked. And yeah, absolutely. When we threw it on, uh, you know, at, I was floored instantly. It, that, there's no like let up for this, and I always wanted to see you guys on screen. <laughs> you guys were my favorite part. I was just like all the slashers, all the yeah. slashers, yeah. all the slashers yeah. were my favorite part for sure. You, yeah, you guys singular. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the doctor, yeah. the doctor's fantastic. Yeah. He, was, he was great too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. It's uh. It's funny because when I first watched the movie, I do remember thinking, like, as a kid, oh, he played both of those roles. That's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And, and I didn't, yeah. like, know really anything okay. at that point about filmmaking. And I don't know a lot more now at this point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was like, I just did think that that was super cool when I was a kid. It was pretty cool. And it was uh, the director rewrote the script a little bit so that the characters didn't appear in the same, mm. in the same scenes. Because originally there were a few. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was like. <laughs> It was my first film, and mm -hmm. I'd done like a couple of little things, but it was my first time I got paid, right? Like <laughs> 150 bucks a day or something. It was a non-union deal. Mm -hmm. I remember that audition. I went in, I did, I had to prepare both characters. So I did, and I just wow. played him over the top like WWF characters. Ooh. And uh, That's I remember. so fun. Yeah, I can totally see that. So at, at the beginning, they are all just like totally cutting promos. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, totally. I'm on a job. <laughs> yeah. So I played it like that, and I remember Morris, the, uh, the director, Morris Devereaux, uh, came out from behind the desk. He's like, Okay, you're in my movie. I don't know which I don't know which character yet, but uh, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna look it over. I'm gonna go through all my tapes and see which which one I have in my auditions of, and what I what I 
don't have. I'm going to give you that role. I don't know which one it is. Had he picked up the slashers that he wanted to put in the movie yet, or because yeah, there he, are he, other ones? That's an interesting yeah, question. Yeah. That's a great question. Had yeah. he picked out this? Like in the intro of the show, they yeah. have all these slashers that oh, you yeah, don't yeah. need to mm-hmm. see. Yeah, yeah. He already. It was already written that way. Okay. Yeah. Switchers. It, it, Switchers. it was, it was the three slashers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and so uh, he called me like the week later, and he's like, "Hey, Neil, I, I have a bit of a dilemma. I really like both of your." Both of those interpretations, best out of all I have for both of them. Wow. He goes, how would you feel about playing both? I'm like, well, if it's possible, sure. <laughs> Why not? I don't know what I'm doing anyway. <laughs> and he goes, okay, let me look at the script, and if I can, I'll try to like just rewrite a little bit. And he managed to do it and uh, play wow. both roles, and it was a blast. Nice. That's cool. Switching wow. back and forth. Was it always intended that one person would play the both roles, or was no. it just because... No, I, I think I charmed him. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you know sometimes you just kind of hit on like the interpretation that resonates with mm. with the director, right? Yeah. And, That's and then I guess both of those interpretations happen mm. to be that way. Oh wow! So did you you, you auditioned for like you did you tape for this? No, I went in. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went in. This was in Montreal. That's where I'm I'm from originally mm-hmm. is Montreal, and this was shot in Montreal. And uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's actually. Do you have a minute? This is a bit of a story. It's also an allegory for life, I think, about about kind of confronting fears and saying yes to fears, right? Mm. And and not making, not like prejudging things, right? Like investigation prior to, uh, I'm sorry, contempt prior to investigation. Mm. Like always follow the, the, the sign. Yeah. So anyway, I was just starting out in acting. You know, I was 30, 30, 31 years old, and I just kind of said, oh, this is something I'm going to try. It's something I've always wanted to do. I'm just going to do it. And so I started throwing myself out. I'd done a lot of, like, I did, like, a lot of theater and church basements, fringe festival shows, and just started meeting people. And I just got an agent. And I remember there was this one audition we were going, uh, he was sending me out to to this one casting house. And he said, this is just a caveat. This is audition practice because her father is a casting agent. Uh, sorry, her father is a talent agent, mm. and they always cast through his agency, mm. but they have to have auditions. So I went right. into this one audition, didn't get it. So then what I was doing when I was trying to get my acting career going is I was scouring like online forums and, and uh, like classified ads looking for open auditions, things I could audition for, like crazy little films. Mm. I've done some other <laughs> crazy <laughs> things early in my career. And um, this one came up. It was called Danger Zone. And... <laughs> So I called the number and it was uh, left. There was a message and says, hi, this is Pierron Casting. And I was like, that was a fucking casting company that and I was like this to hang up because it's a waste of time. And I was like, hey, my name is Neil. I just saw your ad for Danger Zone. Uh, I'd love to come in and read and left the message. So I ended up getting the call and then went in. This is now you're. We're yeah. here talking about <laughs> wow. that film. Interesting. But how, and what happened on this film is I ended up get, having a good relationship with Morris, the director. Mm. We did another film together called End of the Line, which I think you'd like. It, <laughs> Interesting. It, it's another, it's set in a subway system. It's yeah, really oh, crazy. Sweet. Nice. Oh, it's getting it An- another episode. episode. Yeah, yeah, for about sure. a religious cult, like a doomsday cult. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. A thousand percent. It, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it sounds like uh, the Metro books. Do you know? What I don't know it. It's yeah. uh, similar. It's like new nuclear um nuclear winter and it's set in russia and it's like the subway systems are where people live now because that's that's just what was safe essentially that sounds cool yeah yeah and so end of the line look it up after it's it's, it's, it's a fun film so it was morris's second one but after slashers he recommended me for this other thing called sam hain 
Uh, oh, fun. I don't mm-hmm. know what that, and that was going to shoot in like Vilnius, Lithuania or something. And I was a non-u- <laughs> non-union actor. I got Boy. cast in it and then it flipped union. So I became an actor member, which is the oh, Canadian nice. union. Nice. Yeah. So that was my way into the union. And then, then it just started, started kind of unfolding into all these different mm-hmm. opportunities That's that arose so cool. from that and connections. Next awesome. thing you know, I have an acting career. <laughs> Absolutely. One phone call that I almost hung yeah. up on. Yeah. Right? And it was a really instructive <clears throat> moment for me, just kind of like a life lesson of That's like, don't so hang cool. up that phone. Make, yeah. You know, leave that message. Uh, right? Absolutely. Kind yeah. of cosmically or, or universally. What did uh, what did Michael Scott say? Uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That was Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. <laughs> Sorry, as, as a Canadian in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the joke in the office is he literally writes yeah. that and then Wayne Gretzky and then under that, Michael Scott. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, that's he, he quotes himself quoting <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> he's, he's just a dick. You know how to steal a quote though, right? There's three steps to st- steal a quote. First time, as you said, uh, as Wayne Gretzky says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Then the next time you say it, as I've said before, <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you never take. And then the third time you say, as I always say, <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You, you know, great artists steal. Proof, proof. That's fantastic. I mean, we've got plenty of questions for slashers, so yeah. I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we fire figured, one off. That too. was that was perfect because we figured we'd kind of like start talking about slashers and then sort of evolve into like the video game work and everything. Oh, sure. We, we yeah. absolutely yeah. will get to all of it. Yeah, yes. sure, man. Peng, penguin thug over here, right? <laughs> I, think, I think that's I think that's who you worked for what in a, Gotham. I think yeah, I think that was a penguin thug or something. <laughs> I also I also like mocap some of some of the Batman stuff. Oh, like oh, just, cool. just mocap, not uh, That's performance cap. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. You, you yeah. did some of the bone breaking. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was some hanging stuff, like hanging off a building. Whoa. I don't know what it was. There's, yeah, mocap shoots are weird, man. That's because cool. like, especially if you're just doing like the body work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're just kind of doing all kinds of things. You never just know where you're working dad, out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you never really know where your dad is going to end up in the game. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's interesting to to see that because um, you would say that like God of War and like some other games recently have uh, like the mocap performance is also where they capture the voice mm-hmm. and yeah. and then they they layer everything together so then it is just literally like in God of War for example Kratos and his son are just a, a guy and a teenager who acted the whole game yeah full oh, performance cap which I've done like in in Assassin's Creed three I play Charles Lee and that's my whole that's my face underneath his oh, that's, that's my, so my, my cool. voice that's yeah crazy. It, it was like a, a like a holistic performance how does that like compare to like film work uh it's, it's weird because a there are no setups, right? Because mm. you're shooting in 360 degrees. Mm. They're getting every every in, size. In like a right. warehouse space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like basically in a gymnasium in the volume, right? And yeah. so you've got like 80 infrared cameras at Whoa. all angles, you know, and you're wearing all the reflectors and the cameras are just mm. re- uh, emitting infrared oh, light and reading so infrared light. Mm. And then you're represented as the point cloud mm. on the... Uh, so everybody's, <laughs> everybody's first time in the volume mm-hmm. you see yourself on the monitor as like a stick mm-hmm. figure and everyone's doing like, yeah. new guy yeah He's doing the little new guy dance, <laughs> new guy dance. The, the classic uh, in the mirror yeah exactly <laughs> it's getting to the point now like i haven't done it in a few years but it's it's at the point now where things are like rendered real time so like mm-hmm. the studio the monitors yeah. in the studio you're seeing your rendered character that's crazy. so there's that's a wild it is wild it's crazy but so the difference the biggest difference well, 
few big differences. A, um, it's sort of this hybrid of kind of theater and and film, in my opinion. A, because you're doing long takes. So you, mm. you know what I mean? So uh, like everything's uh, the master. Yeah. But they're also getting the close-up, the medium, <sighs> the reverse. All in one go. The way 3D models work is so interesting. Like <laughs> even in terms of like hand, uh, hand animation and then just being like, well, we don't feel like animating this crowd so we just made the models that walk by or whatever yeah. but yet, like you said that like 360 the like malleability of it yeah is, they've got every they've got every shot in one yeah you know and they can come in get maybe not the close-up so much they'll usually have like a a handheld it's not a camera it's basically a pad mm. do you know what i mean a sensor yeah. that they're just kind of yeah, rolling yeah. around doing a little handheld close-up stuff. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I've seen how they do wow. like well, they, how they like animated some of the like newer uh, animation films like Pixar and stuff. They'll do like something like that where they're filming in a essentially in that world, but yeah. it's just them waving that around in a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks like you're in that world, just like a <laughs> VR. Yeah, it's it's incredible. That's the technology insane. is mind blowing. That's so fun. Man. Yeah, and also you have to apply your imagination to it more as an actor because you are in a warehouse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. and your horse is a you know is made of wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. You're, so everything's like you know made with two by fours with little you know tennis balls and. Mm-hmm. You're you know, having an emotional scene with a dragon that isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what did you say about Smaug uh, the other day? The Oh, the, the the whole situation with Benedict Cumberbatch is like laying on his belly in the smoke cap suit and he's just <laughs> <laughs> like slithering around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he looks like he was having a ball. Yeah. yeah. It is fun. There's um, Yeah, my quote, I say it all the time. I didn't have to I didn't have to steal this one cuz it's actually mine. This is a new in the middle of a volume in a velcro suit with all these reflective balls. All, uh, all over your body I and mean, like I'm an adult and this is my job <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm an adult person doing this this it's is awesome. what feeds me whoa yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah that's I awesome mean, just, you're playing dress up in a warehouse it's pretty much what you did for Slash yeah it's totally it's the best it's of all worlds uh, a lot of time in warehouses yeah. there's, there's this like uh, shot that's become like a meme from uh, a kind of recent game uh, Devil May Cry 5 there's like a lot of supernatural stuff and like demons and stuff going on in it. And this one character has like a, like a demonic crow that's like his companion that talks to him. And there's this one shot that's like a low angle and the guy is like in the foreground and the bird is like up above him and they're like talking, just having a expository conversation. And people will cut that with the behind the scenes, which is the dude in the mocap suit. And then there's a guy on a ladder just dressed all in black going, Yeah, I didn't break anything, but I I, I booby trapped it for you. The wonderful arm flapping of this guy. Just I'm a bird. Let's do this. They actually had a dude and like dressed as a crow. Okay, that's that's above and beyond. It's so funny. Yeah, the the dude who directs those games is kind of a goofball. So I think he he was having fun with some things. Well, I am so I'm so curious to learn more about slashers. I mean, if you don't mind. Oh, like, of course. Let's get into it. Yeah, I, I just really I'm curious about like how how was it for the makeup getting in and out of those? Like, you know, what was that like? Because the masks we were talking about are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. they look pretty extensive. Genuinely, really terrifying to look at. Yeah, so. really amazing. That's uh, Adrien Moreau, who is uh, Adrien Moreau. Um, 
Sorry, my French accent on no, 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 Adrian Morrow. No, no, no. We, we try to pronounce names correctly. Absolutely. But we, we can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. yeah. uh, and he's incredible at Maestro FX. I don't know mm. if it's still, if, I think he's changed the name of it to Adrian Morrow. Uh, but yeah, he's an incredible artist. Mm. So he created all the masks, all the blood work, all everything. So fun. All the FX. And uh, yeah, well, we never did them on the same day. Like, mm -hmm. so I didn't do Preacher Man because uh, getting jamming those contacts Preacher Man had like mm. they weren't fitted to me because this was a low budget film, oh, right? Okay. Like, so it was like, whoa, that's yeah, kind of sucked. <laughs> so I only wanted those going in like once. So yeah, I just yeah, wore yeah. them all day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like through lunch, I didn't want to take them out and put them back in because oh I, I didn't know if they'd get back in. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, didn't know if they'd get out. Yeah. Didn't know if they'd get out. And so the makeup wasn't really too onerous. There was a little bit because the masks were so good. They were doing their own yeah. work. Okay. So I remember uh, the the tech Bruno. Man, what a character this dude Bruno is. He's just kind of like stocky dude, <laughs> like long beard and tattoos, really nasty looking dude, and the most gentle. <laughs> Gentle guy. I identify. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. And uh, so he was really good and really quick, but the masks were so good, they were just kind of filling in around the mm -hmm. eyes and around the mouth for yeah. Preacher Man. And then yeah. uh, Chainsaw Charlie was a set of teeth and uh, and a really good kind of mask that I think was modeled on Alfred E. Newman from the Mad Magazine. That's exactly That's what we thought it was. Yeah. 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 We were right. And it just, it Vindication. Was, it just has such a spooky effect, like that extra giant face with the big ears and then it fits so well with your eyes. Yeah. It's just this perfect blend of yeah. cartoon it, and real it's life. A little, it's a little uncanny valley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, uh, like, it's not as extreme as uh, Preacher Man or The Doctor. Like, not mm -hmm. as, like, fleshy. Yeah. But it's just this weird, like, plastic facade. Yeah. yeah. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting. And it, it, I think that also made for the interesting moment where he breaks character, which is, like, yes. Yeah. My, that's... Our collective favorite scene. Favorite That's scene. the yeah. best scene. Uh, I, get, I get the yeah. chef's kiss this moment <laughs> in front of a man himself. <laughs> to, to me, that and the moment before Preacher Man dies are like the, the highlights yeah. of both. Because when Preacher Man dies, it's kind of like the classic... Uh, you know, narrative like, okay, how are they going to get out of this? There's like no sensible way that this happens. She's going to jump on his back, not do anything. He's going to kill Brenda, and then it's bad for her. But then, you know, they spend all this time being like, he's the rookie, he's the rookie, he's the rookie. And we were talking about how you don't really get that sense from a lot of it, mm -hmm. except for right before he dies when they're just yelling at each other back and forth. And she's like, get out of here. No, I'm not going to leave you. I don't care what happens. And, you know, you start going... Yeah, indecision. Oh, at that mm -hmm. at that last moment of like, oh shit, what should I really do here? Yeah, and that's exactly why why he dies. Why he dies. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that and the hey, come on, man, I got a wife and kids. This is a job. I like this is this is so everything much. to me. Like, yeah, those but, are okay, fantastic. Wanna, yeah, moments. I want to ask what what like was. What was the direction of that you you were always meant to break character in there? So yeah. like that's what that was meant. Okay, that's that, so fun. That was Morris's writing. That's he's so really, fun. He's a really interesting cat. Like he's you know moments like that. Like I mean, you've seen the film. It's an over the top kind of extravaganza, <laughs> and you know and. You know, I know that some of the acting of the contestants was a little over the top, yes. you know, <laughs> Very much and so. uh, it made sense for my for our stuff to be over the top as the mm -hmm. slashers. Uh, but he really wanted this, you know, the moment of the humanity yeah. to, to poke through. 
Because at the same time, like the the over the top performances by the contestants, they're all performing, right? Like these mm-hmm. characters are all performing because they're all it's like Survivor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no authentic, there's no authentic moments in Survivor, really. Yeah. Right. Because everybody is aware of the camera at all uh, times. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's no reality TV. Mm-hmm. Right. There's unscripted. There are no yeah. private conversations. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Un- there's no private moments. But still coached. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. Which even in this with Hideo kind of yeah. being like, you should fucking talk about it. Or something yeah, bad's gonna happen. Bad's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these, you know, these contestants are they're vying for whatever six million dollars, whatever it is, and yeah, they're trying to like give that. a performance. And so that over the top, that was an interesting little distinction that you know I'm not sure it, it fully worked of. Morris kind of allowing these sort of arch. Um, oh, it did. I'll tell you, you right know, now, because it is the it is the characters mm-hmm. performing mm-hmm. and maybe right. not for maybe not being actors. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it yeah. gave some context to. Yeah, I was wondering at the beginning of the film, like I, I understand why the contestants are wearing these collars, but also mm-hmm. the slashers are wearing them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. He really wanted these these two like moments of real, like true uh, humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, we get the moment just with the decision with Preacher Man of like, oh, fuck, this is just a dude trying to, how do I, how does this work? Mm-hmm. No. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. fucking confused. This, mm-hmm. this is like one of my first shows. This is still yeah. weird to yeah. me. What am I supposed yeah. to do now? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but the moment with Chainsaw Charlie where he actually breaks and has that little bit of dialogue, like dropping the, and it's a little jarring, right? Because you go from yeah. like, it is. Straight up, kind of dude talking about yeah. his family, but still, but still with that face. Yeah, yeah. still with that yeah. face. Yeah. That, yeah. Fa- that face and those curls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and those fucking biceps, man. Man, yeah, that's did what a, I could. Absolutely, really. That man eats his Wheaties. Run, run, running guns from Canada. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a really cool moment. That was my favorite one. I remember looking mm-hmm. forward to to shooting that bit. It's yeah. that's so it, cool. It's interesting because I don't know if it's like uh, just my own uh, sort of like stances in life, or if it's meant. But it kind of seems like it's sort of just meant to be like a there's no ethical consumption kind of thing of just like mm-hmm. this is a job. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Is these dudes are like yeah. they they could not do anything better. So yeah. they murder people for money. Yeah. And kind of mm-hmm. like going in, I think when I was younger, I used to just always think, or at least like to begin with, like these are <clears throat> serial killers they've like captured that are like actual serial killers. Mm-hmm. But now yeah. c- kind of with more of a developed brain and like paying more attention fully and then having that big moment, it's just like, no, these are just guys that they hired to do mm-hmm. this. And like, yeah. what the hell Who is going on? Like, this is okay. Yeah they're, yeah, they're almost captive themselves too with the collars and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, that's, that adds another mm-hmm. element to it that you're just like, that's very interesting because, yeah, you figure they're all just psychopaths that they just got off the street and were just Damn. like, all right, this is, go ahead, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, this is my job, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and picturing that guy with a family and kids and. Yeah. That's goes, so funny. Goes, goes home and hangs up the overalls yeah. and puts the kids to bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love little moments like that, even in like this crazy world of, of uh, that film, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit of humanity. Yeah. And and what was it like like in it was essentially it looks like a paintball arena. That's literally what it was, right? Literally it's a paintball a, yeah, arena. Okay. Yeah. That's like, I called that much, so I was just like, it feels like that. How what was what was, was that like going to run around the yeah, I figured as much. I figured, yeah, what what time of year did you shoot? I don't remember. I think it was spring. 
So spring in Montreal is mm. is like this right now. Very big, rainy. Big un- rainy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, rainy and a little chilly. Maybe colder than this, probably about 40 degrees or something. And, and people running around without shirts on. Yeah, running yeah. around without shirts. What's <laughs> <laughs> that dude's name? I can't remember his name, the big dude. Mm. Big black dude. He was jacked, man. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was huge. That, that was a, a funny moment when it was like a little eye candy for the ladies. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot of shirt swapping going on yeah. 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 the yeah. first time. Yeah. <laughs> this this movie Chocolate is actually blade. just the most complicated swap meet you've ever seen. <laughs> That's right. It's all pretext for that. And that that scene, uh, yeah, the one scene, I, I, they did a great job. I thought of like making it look like one take. Mm. Yeah, there were yeah. long takes. Yeah, there weren't were really that many long. cuts. Yeah, yeah that you was know? what I was wondering about these very very long conversations yeah. between the characters and. Uh, it it doesn't exactly matter if someone flubs something, yeah. but to to a degree, like if someone messed something up, like yeah, how, you how, know, and any technical element goes off the rails, yeah, right, yeah, you've got to start again. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of a short time. I think we shot it in like fifteen or twenty days or wow. something like that. Wow, wow. that's wow. intense. Yeah, so and there was a lot of you know we just had to rehearse these long sequences because a lot of them it would kind of go out from a a you know, big long dialogue scene into an action into, yeah. into right. chase or yeah. something so there are often a lot of elements and not a ton of cuts built in mm. he tried to build in as many cuts as he could to not right going past with yeah. like transitions yeah they're pretty well hidden yeah but, honestly yeah. especially yeah. for like the time and the budget exactly and, and uh, it's like his first film right uh his second film his first second one film. was uh lady in the lake i think or lady in the water Hmm. Another kind of creepy horror film. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but it was his first uh, budgeted one, I think. Hmm. Well, budgeted. I okay. think it was 100, 150000 Canadian dollars. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's better than what I got right And I now. think he just had to made it, make it because I think it was like this whole financing thing that like like a bond collapsed or something. Mm. And it was wow. an insurance thing. And they ha- just had to make the movie in order to... That's like it fell apart. So the stakes were high. Cool yeah. yeah, yeah, the stakes were high in the background, just like they oh, were on yeah, the screen. Totally. It's, it's, yeah. it's interesting that you that you would bring that up because we hadn't thought to like talk about it. But um, I, you know, me and Sideshow make hip hop, and oh, cool. uh, I really, in a weird way, it's funny that I love Slasher so much. My two favorite rappers are from Halifax. Oh really? Yeah, this this <laughs> tattoo is one of their uh, album covers. Just two dudes from Nova Scotia that, that do <laughs> That's great. weird uh just weird rap. Very cool. And it just made me realize like, you know, I rap doesn't have to be about any certain thing. It could be mm-hmm. yeah. it could be whatever. Yeah. Uh but it's just kind of interesting. I'm realizing yeah. that like kind of connection in my brain. Well, because like you guys put on these like characters, these over the top characters in the movie, and mm-hmm. it's like that's sort of like what I've done with my own persona too with Sideshow. Okay. Like I've I put on this persona and it's like of over the top, you know, goofy uh villain from a movie essentially. You know what yeah, I mean? That's yeah, kind yeah. of like what I and I and I talk about like horror and I talk about like scary movies and stuff. So, like I literally just talk about everything in my in my movie when in my I, music, you know. When are we gonna get you two like facing off in the squared circle? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm realizing you're both basically wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's that it's that persona. It's putting on that persona. It's that larger than life kind mm-hmm. of like persona. It's cause like I could make music about, you know, whatever my experiences and stuff, and I do some of the time, but it's like, it's more interesting and fun. Putting that through mm-hmm. a lens. To put it through 
put, put exactly it through like, some sort of metaphorical yeah. lens in some way to make it more than just being like, yeah, I'm fucked up. Let me mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah, and there's also a license to putting on a character and like a really well delineated character. Yeah. Like I find, like I just put on, like for Chainsaw Charlie, I put on that mask. Mm-hmm. And I have no choice. Yeah. No you know, choice. It, I love that. It's just what it is, you know? It was really weird. Yeah. Like how it's kind of jarring when he yeah. drops character. It was mm-hmm. weird for me to like not have this like high pitched southern mm-hmm. accent for that w- while wearing that's it. So that's funny. That's really method because I feel like that's what you would have to do in that job. And like a lot of people already sort of have to like mentally distance themselves from like what they do for whatever reason because it's miserable or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but being like when I put this mask on, I have to be this other person because when I go home to put my kids to bed, like I can't psychologically have those like <laughs> overlap. overlap. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was that dangerous, but <laughs> well, well, no, I mean like I for do... Chainsaw Charlie, like in mm. universe. Yeah, oh yeah, in universe yeah. for sure. Uh, yes, of, yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah, like yeah. Having that same thing of like I need to play this role because I need to mentally mm-hmm. be able to mm-hmm. separate, or I will not be healthy. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, there is catharsis, right? Like that's yeah. you know that kind of release through art, right? Yeah. You know that you, I'm sure, experience with sideshow, right? It's uh, we work something out. <laughs> Absolutely. through it and it gives us license and and permission to do that mm-hmm. i find that you know in acting is very much the same way right mm-hmm. we can experience catharsis through it of uh, kind of working out our shit through it in a safe a kind of safe environment uh, yeah. a thousand percent the, uh, your quote i i'm an adult this is my job now that's got to be fantastic to like I, yeah. be able to play dress up and go do that all the I, time yeah you know? i forget yeah. what the distinction is it's like dionysian art and like some other category but it's basically like the like painting and music and sculpture mm-hmm. as opposed to like dance and physical performance oh, okay. and, and acting making something versus being something yeah yeah and it's just interesting as like a like a like a maker style artist to, mm-hmm. to be like this is so foreign to me but also so like fascinating just just like what this other headspace must be like, how do you, you mean know? you're 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 a musical artist yeah so yeah. i mean it's the same thing i think it, i'm not do you know what i mean but i would imagine i mean you're there is a lot of yourself in because you are the instrument yeah right i think that's the distinction right i mean you know the painter is the instrument as well but the product is not the painter Mm -hmm. right like the end product's not the painter the end product is you your voice your your psyche yeah same with the actor so you know i don't know a lot of like studio artists really well i've not had this kind of discussion with a studio artist whose output is not their own flesh or voice Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah Mm -hmm. but i know i've had i've uh, maybe we can get into it later if we want to talk about theater. I had like a psychic rift at one point during a play I was doing. I thought oh, I went. No, nope, we're getting into that. Right? I, mean, I, I thought I was insane. Sure. No, we gotta get into that. Into that. Sure. Sure. Do go on. <laughs> Please, absolutely. Please, yeah. That sounds fascinating. That's, get into that later. Yeah. The, the, the danger. No, right now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be. It'll be a. It'll be a digression if we're talking about this. So please. This is probably about ten. Fuck. Fifteen. 15 years ago, maybe, I was doing a, a play in Montreal. Um, mm. I did a lot of theater in Montreal, and I was doing this play called The Caretaker, which is a Harold Pinter play. Mm. And I played this character, Aston. It sees, uh, so The Caretaker, I'm going to try to really, it's it's set like in the 60s in, in London, in this big old West London rambling house. There are two brothers, Mick and Aston. Mm-hmm. Aston is schizophrenic, and, you know, he's, he's a really kind of gentle, dangerous character. 
and he brings home this um, this little kind of scrappy homeless guy to you know have tea. He just kind of helps him out because he's very helpful. And Mick is a very suspicious dude, you know. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, the the story basically what happens is. Uh, uh, the homeless guy kind of starts manipulating the two brothers and playing them off each other anyway. So there's this, the whole thing with Aston, this character, he was like, and quite tragic because there was so much pain in them in the second act, it's a three act play. It's like almost three hours. He describes uh, electroshock therapy in his youth, but he's not whoa. like, not like emotionally connected to it. Do you know what I mean? So That's yeah. terrifying. So there's so much pain yeah. and trauma in his story that he is disconnected from. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if it was like being a relatively inexperienced actor or what. I kind of chalk it up to that. I was taking on all this pain that I wasn't experiencing mm-hmm. in the play. Like every eight, eight nights a week, three hours, yeah. taking all this on, not experiencing, not having. There's one moment where he kind of this eight minute monologue where he's describing in a very detached way and he builds up into this kind of like explosion and then just shuts back down he's like mm. but i'm feeling much better now <laughs> and oh. can, continues on Ooh. and that's uh, chill just puts so, it back away yeah I'm so intrigued to watch this puts, <laughs> puts it back away it's it's gone it's yeah, the, yeah. The, i would <laughs> love to watch that and uh and so I remember one night I was in, in my kitchen and I was having an argument with my girlfriend at the time about something I don't know. And I, I just, I was like not making sense. Mm-hmm. I was so agitated and I was just like, ah. and like I couldn't let go of whatever emotion had me and, and it didn't make sense and I knew it didn't make sense and I could see in her face like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. going on? I'm a pretty reasonable guy. <laughs> And then I just had this image of Aston, of the character, me, on stage as the character. And I just broke down crying and I lost it. And it was just, and I think it was, I was just holding on to all this pain and all this trauma of this character that I knew about intimately that I've been living with for probably about two, three months at this point with rehearsal and performance. You have to have it in your mind at all times. And I just lost it. And like, I really had this, like, I was standing outside my body and it was Mm. the weirdest thing, one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced. (laughs) And then I was afraid afterwards and I'm like, oh fuck, I just blew it. I'm gonna suck on stage no. tomorrow, right? Ah, like, because I think you used up the juice. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I, I had this this sense that I needed to experience the pain and the trauma of the character, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. If you're talking about method, right? Which yeah, I am yeah, not yeah. a method actor. <laughs> and just um, accidentally this one time. Yeah, totally. It was like yeah, accidental method. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a you, book, The Accidental Method. You had your, uh, your Daniel Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for my one day, my one Daniel Day. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was, fr- I was afraid that I, I'd lost the juice, right? That I'd yeah. let it go, that I needed to retain that in order to be able to deliver a performance. Mm. And I went on stage, frightful the next day, but, you know, my preparation kicked in. Yeah. And the performance was, I'm uh, not the same because it never is. <clears throat> But it was the character. I had the character, and it was it was an actually instructive moment for me. Of like, I don't need to take on the pain of a character. I yeah. can I can separate my personal life mm-hmm. from, from my artistic life. That's genuinely fascinating because I've, it's something I've actually like gone back and forth with in my own head. It's just like, do I like? You know, I think like most people, my best writing comes when I'm at my lowest points. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just 
It is what it is, and, and I wish it wasn't. And that fear yeah. of, like, if things get better. If exactly. my life is good. Am exactly. I done? Is yeah. that it for exactly. me? Did <laughs> yeah. I use up the juice in my own <laughs> yeah. self? Yeah, like, like art is suffering yeah. only. Uh-huh. Right? I, absolutely. Yeah. Like, but I've actually gone back and, like, now, like, the things are going relatively well in my life, and I've gone back and written things. It's, like, it's still, like you said, it's still that, that emotion is still there, but I have, like, that knowledge that I don't have to suffer for it. It's, mm-hmm. it's funny, because yeah. speaking about that, like, uh, like my artist name is Skeptic, and that was a name someone else gave me, because <laughs> I'm just, that's just how I've always been. I'm, like, Question very, very analytical. If I don't like a thing, I'll say it. Like, uh-huh. I just, you know, and a lot of people used to not like that about me, but it was, like, I'm not trying to trash you or your taste. Like, we're talking about this art, and that's just my take on it. Like, yeah, yeah. like, you, like I watched it, I took it apart i didn't take it positively but like i did pull all the layers apart in my own way mm-hmm. you know type thing mm-hmm. uh but you know like you said a lot of my music is you know like reflections of my feelings in certain ways talking about being depressed and the metaphor in the song is like it's there's a rain cloud only over my house and it's flooding my house and no one else even knows it's mm-hmm. raining yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. type thing but it's like i don't really write a lot of like happy music like i more try to move through that (laughs) fuck happy music but but sideshow has a song called bottoms up that's like it's like a drinking song Uh, yeah and and it's 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 awesome but like you said like you retained like you didn't you didn't like sell out or like Mm -hmm. lose that edge you're like being joyous and finding this thing but it's so quintessentially you yeah like it's such a perfect reflection of like it's visceral like the lyrics are visceral but like the song is happy and joyous and it's weird it's like like that counterpoint like that that counterpoint's really interesting Mm -hmm. in art too that was one of the interesting things god i have a lot of points right here (laughs) first off it's all valid yes do you know what i mean yeah all of it like fucking writing from pain you know acting from pain singing from pain Mm -hmm. as catharsis as a way to process our existence yeah 100 percent valid but it is not necessary to create beautiful art yes do you know what i mean that's yeah that's very fair and it's all valid you Mm -hmm. know yeah and and you know and i love the juxtaposition of of tones you know lyrically and musically i play with that so much yeah it's it's, it's (laughs) interesting right like in this character i was talking about aston really heavy really heavy and, mm. and the director i worked with you know, rest in peace douglas campbell who was like a an icon of canadian theater mm. he was a founder of the stratford film festival which was one of the biggest theater festivals yeah. in the world i've definitely heard wow. that yeah it's before. a shakespearean uh wow. yeah and uh so he was later in his life and it was the last play directed and i'm very grateful um, wow and his son is the singer for a band called stars which you should look up. They're, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Torquil Campbell. He's an yeah, incredible musician, incredible artist. Intense dude. <laughs> and, um, Hard same. <laughs> <laughs> and so in, in uh, putting together the character of Aston, you know, I was falling into this trap of the heaviness mm. of it. And uh, Douglas directed me away from that and made him very light. So all his like his uh, vocal patterning was very light. All it was the most physically excruciating, not excruciating, but physically demanding role I've ever done. Mm. But there was nothing to it. The thing was, I'm on this huge stage, leather like leather soled shoes on you know wooden stage, and I told myself. There are going to be no angles on his movements. He's going to make no noise when he walks. He's going to glide everywhere without looking careful. So the amount of control it took just to move as Aston was like wow. huge mm. because everything was just like he just had to move and like couldn't make any noise with his feet. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I told myself he just can't take that noise. And he's anyway, and there were no angles. Everything was just smooth. And when he spoke, like if he was rolling a cigarette, all this heaviness to him, he'd go, do you want to roll yourself one of these? It would be very quick in his speech, but it was like the subject was like the the content was very heavy. And I love that juxtaposition, oh, you know? Neil, I hate to break it to you, but I think you're a method <laughs> Not quite. Not if, not if we look at, like, Stanislavski. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not a no, student no. of Stanislavski. No, but I, th- I, I really I appreciate the way you take on the, the character's, like, mindset, even in that, like, yeah, yeah this wouldn't work in the context of what this character's thinking. Yeah, like, has that's to. So, that's so fascinating. And sometimes it takes time. There's this one, this one scene where he's um, making, a, making up a bed for the homeless dude, for Davies. And it's this little bed upstage. Uh, I guess it's upstage right, it was, the, um, the bed. And then there are all these suitcases way across the stage, downstage uh, left. And he was going to make the bed the way his mother made his bed, and it was going to be perfect. And it's going to take what time it takes. Mm-hmm. And so I would slowly walk across the stage, and it took four or five minutes for me to make this bed. <laughs> Pick up the suitcase, fold it. If I did it wrong, I had to redo it. Because that's he, what he would do. He would do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my back's to the audience, and I'm just making this bed while this other character's just watching me. And I'm just, it's going to take four minutes in my mind. I'm like, sorry, everyone. This is how long it takes. Damn. And a couple of my friends were like, I was terrified during that scene. Oh, that's so... Which uh, was not my intention at all. But that's got to be so interesting. Yeah, that's got to be so interesting to hear too, because I talk about that all the time. Like, I never know what things are going to be as I'm making them. Yeah. And then it's only until afterwards when people tell me, like, I felt, like, very moved by that. I'm just like... Really? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's not up to us to decide the receiver, right? Absolutely. How it's going to be received. Absolutely. And we just have to commit to the moment, whatever the moment is. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think that's just true of, of anything in our lives. You know, if we can percent. commit to the moment. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And then it, the rest is up to a higher authority, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> whether absolutely. it's an audience, a higher power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's funny because we were uh, we were just talking about Skin Marink a little bit right before yeah. this, but uh, just it's one of those movies where you're fascinated and you want to just know things about it when it's done. But reading the director, be like, whatever you think is is it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I there's no answer. Whatever you think is it, mm-hmm. it's yours now. Mm-hmm. It's like literally, he said, yeah. it's yours oh, now. Really? I love that. I'm and a big, I'm a big believer in like once you create something and put it out, it's no longer yours. Like you don't own it. It's up mm-hmm. to someone else to interpret it it's, and you know receive it. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty powerful. I think though to just literally be like. I will never tell you my interpretation of it <laughs> yeah. because it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's yeah. that's like the most insane, just like power play. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> you. pass yeah. you in the hall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever you think, man. Just like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because the message isn't complete until it's received, right? Like mm-hmm. the loop is not complete until it's received, and that's yeah. a you know thing about. I think what the payoff for me in, in doing theater was is that loop is closed immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're going yeah. through. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's, absolutely. That's interesting. That's yeah. that's a, a really cool way to think about it. Yeah. Like, and that like live performance. catharsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you've closed the loop. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And it's it's a complete thing. Whereas like with film, video games, you know, the, the whole, you know, you're part of this 
organism as an actor that doesn't even come together for maybe six months down the road. Right. You know what I mean? So the message has not even been transmitted. That's yet. so interesting. Yeah. And then when you see it, you're like, that wasn't the message I was putting out. <laughs> this is the editor's message. Yeah. 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 And that's now, also got to be interesting too. Like how much of yourself gets, you know, lost in the in the cutting room floor. <laughs> what your intentions are, yeah, as, yeah. Opposed, as opposed to that's what ends so, up on screen. That's yeah. so fast. I never really even thought about that as an actor. Right. Like mm-hmm. what you would be like, the tension you'd be feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In and, the lead up to the release. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's interesting. I don't. You know, I've never been. Um, like protecting my performance mm-hmm. in that way, right? Of kind of like looking out ahead and going, what are they going to do with this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then try to manipulate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I know a lot of actors do and they kind of have to, you know? If, yeah. if you have a brand, if you have a... That's the thing too, I imagine. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, red tape gets built around mm-hmm. once you start getting more and more, you know, accessible to people, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, look, you can you can change your, your track with mm-hmm. a few edits mm-hmm. and make it a very different thing. Yeah. Right, in the same Absolutely. way, in the same way with film, right? I Absolutely. mean, man, you can change your performance just like with four seconds. You cut mm-hmm. out that look, or you leave that look in. Yeah, a hundred eighty degree yep. shift. It, it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's kind of like from our perspective. Like the closest thing would be like when a friend is like, "Oh, I'm working on an album. Would you contribute something to this?" And then it's you're just like kind of a common thing that happens. Uh, not going to name names, but you, I'm sure you've experienced too. People are like, "I'm really excited about this." Like, let me get a part from you for this song. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. send it, never, nothing comes, ever never comes out. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. there's that, or the album does come out, but it comes out six, Without nine months you. later, yeah. and the song's completely different. Yeah. You, you did a hook for it, but they replaced that with a different hook, and mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I didn't know like what was gonna mm-hmm. happen here, yeah. but okay. You yeah, know? <laughs> we have to not be precious about it, right? Exactly. Or we don't agree to it. Yeah, like right. That's like, the word I've always used is yeah. not being precious about my work. That's, oh, that's yeah. so funny that we're yeah. on the same. Yeah, that'll get you stuck if you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it, you know we need to revere it and respect it, mm-hmm. but not be precious about it. I think you know we're speaking the same language there. Thousand yeah. percent. Yeah, like I love how collaborative uh, hip hop is. That's something that like I've really enjoyed from the start. How you could just you know like have a group of friends and everyone can participate this, mm-hmm. in this thing, and it's so easy to just put the microphone in front of. Uh, somebody's face and like make a song together you know uh but then putting that into context as i like got older thought about it more of like film and video games are like the ultimate collaboration of you know 200 people of different disciplines coming together to to make this thing like it's it's, 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 it's mind-boggling that like you know we think building the pyramids is impressive. Like <laughs> try making a film. Yeah, I've, I've tried to be in a band with four people. I can't imagine a, pr- a, produ- a production with two hundred people. Yeah, you know? dude. Like, yeah, that's it, insane. A, a miracle films get made. Yeah. yeah, but like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, even going back to your career, like how. I mean, obviously, we talked a little bit about that, but like, how was that decision? What led you there? Like, what was the tract of, like, I'm going to do this now and, you know, like, now this is just what I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like, what, when did that flip happen, essentially, for you? Like, now I'm an actor mm-hmm. and now I'm doing this after Slashers, essentially. What happened, you know? Well, it kind of happened before that, right? It was just prior to that. Uh, spinal surgery, really, is wow. what kind of did it. Um, so, in... <sighs> In 1996, I got sober, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2000, I was about four years sober. And in those times, and I'm now like 20, fuck, I'm old. 
like 20, <laughs> 26 years sober or something like Congrats, that. Wow. Thanks, man. Congratulations. That's serious. Congratulations. Addiction runs in my family in a real serious way. Oh, really? So, okay. so I, I got a lot of respect for that. Right on. It's uh, really. It, there's a point to which, it, like, it's not a lot of my doing. There, there was like, there's some things you know. I live my life differently now, but a lot of it is just. Um, turning a lot of stuff over mm -hmm. i don't want to get too down too far down a, a spiritual uh rabbit hole but that's kind of where that is for sure whatever whatever works for you, you know? but i'll back up to what we're actually talking no, about no, no. so the context is you know i get sober in, in 1996 i'm kind of figuring out what i'm going to do with the rest of my life i was 26 years old when i got sober hmm. yeah i went back to school took a little sociology a little mysticism and interesting uh, that's I, fascinating. I, yeah. <laughs> I got back into playing sports. I was playing rugby again. And uh, and then in, I think, 98, 99, I started experiencing a lot of, like, sciatic pain. Mm. It turned oh, out I had a tu tumor in my spine, like, in my L4, L L3, between L3 and L4. It wasn't cancer, uh, but I had to have a surgery. So I had this major surgery, like, Ooh. six and a half hours. They they thought I wasn't going to be able to really walk uh, properly after because they were going to have to sacrifice a nerve root. Well, and uh, it went well. They got it out, and uh, I started playing rugby again. I think the next year, mm. but in the interim, I was laid up for about you know three four weeks before I could really walk, walk yeah. at all. And a buddy of mine who lived in Toronto. He had lived in Montreal when I first got sober, and he was my first sponsor. And then mm -hmm. he moved back to Toronto. He's an actor, and he's now a filmmaker, and he teaches film. And um, so he went. He moved back to Toronto. So then I had this surgery, and he came in to meet with agents and do some stuff, have some auditions. And he was sleeping on my couch, and we were having this talk, and um, we were just, you know, kind of having a bit of a drunkalog. We were talking a bit about the old days, both our drinking careers and stuff. You know, <laughs> like I had, like, you know. Yeah, I used to when I was drinking, I'd like climb bridges, like up the cables. Jesus I'd, I'd, I'd been in a couple like nasty car accidents where I'd like flipped a truck, oh and I'd been like head-on collisions and and uh, all kinds. Of, I played contact sports all my life, mm. football, rugby, and hockey. And uh, and my buddy, he's like, dude, you should get into stunt work. Absolutely, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, get paid to, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. put your body through that. You're gonna beat yourself to shit, make some money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a great idea. <laughs> and uh, I knew a stunt coordinator in Montreal. So, and I wasn't I wasn't ready to start training by any stretch because I just had spinal surgery. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know, I started getting information. Right. So I was mm -hmm. like, hey. So we met a few times. It's like this is how you put up a resume. You know, put together a resume when you get there. You know, you can start one and you know put a couple of fictional things. Just don't worry about it. Right. And um, you know, these are the people you start training with. You know, train with this guy to learn like high falls. You know, train with this guy to learn fighting. Train with this guy to learn like ratchets and rams and mm. stuff like that and train with me if you want to learn how to drive because he was a driver uh, <laughs> and so uh and so i was like great and so when i just was starting to get a little bit better i could get out and walk i go you know what why don't i uh kind of get used to putting myself out there a little bit and um so i grabbed the montreal mirror which is like uh what is it here the uh, like the kind of free weekly Oh, like the LA Weekly. Yeah, like yeah, the LA yeah, Weekly. Yeah. And in the back, they're classified ads, and they had, like, open audition calls, people looking for things. And I remember that, that week there were two. There was one for uh, was it Sexual Perversity in Chicago, the, the, the play, the Mammoth play, which is a little production, and then some independent thriller film. I'm like, oh, I'll go to these, just audition. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So I went, didn't get the play. 
And then the guy, other guy, cast me as one of the leads in his little independent film. Mm. And so I call my buddy. I'm like, so uh, I just went to this audition for this film that, uh, you know, I think he cares about. And he just cast me as one of the leads. He's like, awesome. I go, dude, I I feel like a fraud. I'm not an actor. (laughs) And he's like, well, if you want to be an actor, get used to that. It's all lying. All the time. He's like, and you'll always feel like an imposter. That's so funny. You know? And so I did that film and he was like, it was terrible. You know, sorry for if uh, dudes hearing this podcast, (laughs) you know, if you're a filmmaker, you know, it's not a good film. Yeah, we've all been there. Hey, we we, we all got to throw a song in the trash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so you'll never see that one. Yeah. And, uh, but, and so he was like a killer rapist. And one of the first scenes I did was this rape scene where it it wasn't super graphic, but it was intense where I'm, I'm, you know, beating up this young woman and, you know, ripping off her shirt and stuff like that. And, you know, check in and make sure everything's safe mm-hmm. and everybody's comfortable and stuff. And I do it. And I, I was like terrified that I'd like it. Do you know yeah. what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't intense, do these man. things. That's yeah. intense that's, for your first role. That's, like, that's uh, fucking intense. Yeah. What if this is too much fun? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a legitimate. Yeah. I was like, what if I, if I like this? You know? That's so fucking <laughs> And crazy, I did not. Yeah. And so we do that. And I stand up. And I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm you're like, the one traumatized. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yep, I'm good. Like, she's she's like, with you. <laughs> and she's like, I'm good, all good. That's... You know, kind of fist bump. And I walked off into the woods and just kind of had to meditate for ten minutes oh, and just man. kind of come down. Yeah. But it was it was catharsis, yeah, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. like in a context, I'm going to get into like just kind of like recovery context. You mm-hmm. know, like in my sobriety, one of the things we I talk about. And I, you know, I examine are my character defects or shortcomings, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we, we kind of turn that around and look at it and try to be different people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in this experience, I was seeing that, like, oh, like this is actual catharsis. Mm-hmm. I get to, I can all of a sudden take all these kind of character defects, things, you know, in my instinctual self that don't work for me in my personal life and yeah. that I, I am working to overcome or get around. All of a sudden, right now, come become kind of assets. You know, I can use my powers for good, not evil. <laughs> That's so funny. In storytelling. And that was really yeah. attractive to me. Yeah. And so then that I was like, it's not going to be stunt work. Stunt work, and stunties are amazing. I've worked mm-hmm. with some amazing guys, but it's very task-oriented and technical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, you know, it, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because it, it's, you know, you get two actors untrained doing a stunt, one or both are getting hurt. Yeah, lives, right. lives are at risk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. we engage in the truth of the moment mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. and we're not thinking mm-hmm. about it, inches. And, yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. It's, it's funny, it just keeps coming back to wrestling, but it's the same thing. Like, you just you just have to know how to do it, Yeah, and then you're mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But if you have no idea, if you have no idea, it's going to be like ICP jumping off the roof into tables <laughs> in their backyard. You know, like people the are losing their lives. Are really amazing because they're doing high level stunt work yeah. with performance, yes. with yeah. like yeah. Abs- yeah. absolutely, which is it, a thing. It, man. it is a high level of acting, which is so funny. Wrestling's fake, yeah, bro. So, so is it's it's theater. Theater. movies, it's storytelling. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't so really... is Daniel Day Lewis, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That shit's fake. It's not like, real. I don't know what to tell you, but. Uh, can actually die yeah. like, uh, not the dude <laughs> yeah you know it, it's a different if it, it's a That's different so modality funny. it's a, you know just a different tone mm. so that experience of, of uh, shooting that film is what got me into wanting to pursue 
an acting career. That's so mm-hmm. fun. I mean, and you, it sounds like you did still stay very active with your roles, like with like in terms of physical, oh, yeah. like yeah, feats. And I mean, this is no slashes is no excuse or no exception to that rule. So. Yeah, and I always wanted to do as as much uh, of the stunts as they would let me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Within mm-hmm. Riyadh, and there are times when I'm like, no, I'm not qualified to do that. But like oh, okay. fights, I love like doing my yeah. own fights and mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. you know, like there was this one I did this this film with Aaron Eckhart where we have this fight and he, he beats the shit out of me and then I, I kill myself. And, oh, uh, shit. That's when you get beat up by Harvey Dent, you just gotta, like, you gotta hang it up at that point. <laughs> I do. It's a gun in the mouth afterwards and I'm done. And, um, Thanks for smoking. <laughs> but we did it, you know, and it was a good example of, um, and we both committed and, and we re- we rehearsed it and we and we had great fight coordinators but when we were doing it we were committing to it so like like i my head was getting bounced off the table and by the end of oh the day God. i had nicks and cuts all over my face because mm. we were over committing yeah. we were we were yeah. into the thing giving you know people I mean? their, their money's worth yeah. yeah so the next day we went back in chrono right so we we're you know shooting a scene that happened before my death scene. That's so funny. And I had to go in and the makeup's like, what the fuck? And because my, my <laughs> cheeks were do? a little puffy in yeah. the next oh, so they had to man. make it all up. And then it was like inverse FX makeup. That's, That's so when funny. he took it off at the end of the day. The like, no oh. makeup look. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was, I remember there was one stunt, like, and I wanted to do it all. I'm gung ho. And then there's this one thing where he has me, like, in a finger lock and he swipes my, swipes my legs oh. and I go through a, a glass table. <laughs> it's always a glass table. And I'm like, I'll, I'll do that. Like, so squibs are going to go and you just kind of go. And they're like, yeah. And so in the rehearsal, my uh, my stunt double, this guy Marc Andre Prisbois, who's amazing, um, in the rehearsal did it. Squib didn't go off, and so he bounces off this oh. off this tempered glass. Mm. He's fine because he knows how to protect himself okay, and okay. sell it. Yeah, I would have been like, I'm just gonna so it's gonna explode. Yeah, I'm gonna give you the shot. I'm gonna put my chin right through this table. Oh. <laughs> I would have been knocked out it's cold had, had I not gone like. And then not my job. That, that affects, you know, your confidence and trust moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> experience something like that that it doesn't absolutely. go the way it's supposed to. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So like <laughs> stepping back and knowing your role and letting letting the professional step in and do their yeah. job is key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's so funny. I think it was uh the always sunny podcast that I was listening to, uh, where they were talking about that same thing of oh, really? like just uh things not going to plan mm-hmm. and just having to like deal with it in the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have no choice but to keep it rolling like mm-hmm. but yeah. it's it's so much I mean it it's terrifying when you know lives are at stake I guess but it's like <laughs> I kind of guess that kind of comes with the territory when it's yeah. not working out it's kind of inherent that yeah, injuries let, are probably going to happen but let the stunt guys do it like <laughs> yeah, the yeah, major yeah, stuff yeah. because they're they're trained for it they spend a lot of time yeah. training mm-hmm. to do this safely mm-hmm. and and they're all about safety so you know I, I can't let my ego about oh yeah you know supersede yeah. safety yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know when but something like slashers this is a, you know i don't really remember a stunt coordinator on that mm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah man i'll do it and nobody got hurt yeah. no, nobody know? got any splinters you know, but, yeah, well, there might have been a few splinters there's a lot of pilot <laughs> it was more a happy accident yeah. than anything. <laughs> but you know like i did a fall into a bag when you know after 
when Chainsaw Charlie yeah, meets yeah. his end, you know, yeah, off, was, the, off the bridge of yeah. doom, the bridge of death, the bridge right? of death, yeah, <laughs> the, the, that was fun to the, do. The plywood board of the, death. The, the, the fourth killer is <laughs> so much plywood. It's so funny because, like, now looking at it, it's like so obvious. Literally everything that that dude says the whole movie is just like. I sure would enjoy killing a woman. Like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's just from the very beginning, like, oh, yeah. I don't want to say too much, but I sure do love Dr. Ripper. Yeah. He's so yeah. great. You know? Who, is that Chainsaw? No, oh, no. Yeah. My, uh, his name was uh, Michael, I think. Michael, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Michael, yeah, 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 Kieran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He never stops smiling. The whole yeah. Yeah. Stop he's smiling. he's like, the creepiest one in the way film. too excited to be on that the, show. Yeah. The twist, the secret fourth killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, looking at it now, he's just like, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just way too stoked. Again, a really nice, like, totally gentle dude. Kieran. Oh, I bet. I bet yeah. everyone was a sweetheart yeah. on set. Like, it just yeah. seems like a lot of love went into this movie. It feels mm-hmm. like, you know, like you guys all felt like you guys were dedicated to making something yeah fun, yeah and you know? you know things like that i mean i'm sure you guys all know you've worked on kind of lower budget projects where it's just a matter of like you know everybody's everybody's bought in mm-hmm. you yeah. know and everybody yeah, wants absolutely. it to Everyone's happen committed. Yeah. that's what this is that's, this whole yeah. Show. Yeah. 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 That's, really what, that's what this show is like we've always like we've always had a passion for horror films and just films in general but yeah. like a, a few years ago me, he, me and he was like oh I just got into Mike and I was like oh bro you gotta watch Ichi the Killer uh, you gotta check out La Jolla <laughs> yeah, literally have, just have you snowballed. seen have you seen like how it, it shifted from Japan mm. to France for several years yeah. and like yeah. this whole yeah. era like oh, okay. so yeah, we literally got into it. Now I have, you know, I have two uh, uh, each of the killer tattoos. This is modeled after. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. character with like the extensive facial scars. Has scars on his face. Oh, so that's awesome. what my yeah, that's what my tattoos are modeled after. But oh, it's very like, cool. Yeah, I, like I never imagined. Do I couldn't be doing this podcast with anyone else mm-hmm. because they understand what this is and what it means to me, you know, because yeah. like, it means the yeah. same was, to them. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a really powerful bonding experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on this one, on Slashers, uh, I became really good friends with Carolina Pla, who, uh, I can't remember the characters' names, but I cut her in half with a chainsaw. Brenda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's not uh, Brenda. That's no. uh, that's the one who has uh, MS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. also yeah, has a B name, but I can't remember what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a crazy scene. That was a, that was a crazy. <laughs> that was a great scene. Very she, cool. <laughs> when uh, when Megan, uh, she, she's dead. No, steal her shirt. <laughs> that, that that moment like really kills me. So fuck. It's so, so horrific funny. to dig through somebody's guts. Yeah. But then it's like the objective is just like oh, I don't want anyone to see my nipples. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's kind of a small thing, and like at that point yeah, in your life but, you know, you know it's, it's like you know you get in a car crash and you're like did it, you know and everything's horrific and you're like did i leave the stove on yeah yeah totally that disconnect because you, you can't be there yeah. at that moment yeah. you have to be somewhere else we were we were talking about like all the stunts and everything and i think it's a pretty good segue for like uh what you were saying when we were talking about his skill set mm-hmm. and you were saying like did the stunt awareness like really stood out to you and sort of like all the things going on at once in the in slashers or in slashers Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean i'm also curious about like the the takes are so long and the actors moving around with the steadicam operator was a weird thing to me like was it was it steadicam yeah yeah it was all steadicam one guy that man was working it was only (laughs) leg day for him yeah yeah yeah. god i can't remember his name right now 
Very funny, a very funny French dude. Well, they're all French. Very good work. Oh, that's that's so yeah. funny. I was gonna mm-hmm. ask if he was actually a Japanese person. No, because it is. That it, was, it's it's mm-hmm. interesting how it's like such a weirdly layered film. Like I don't, I never knew it was a Canadian film. It was just a movie I rented from down the when street. When you were describing mm-hmm. it to us, I was like, okay, so it's Japanese or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, sure it's the we all American by way of Canada. It's the all American episode of a Japanese game show through the lens of a Canadian film. Exactly. Like, just like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> layered. <laughs> we were trying to explain it last night to their friend Houston, who I just met. Uh, and yeah, he was like, so it's Japanese? No. So it's just, we'll send you a link. You just, it'll wash over you and, and we'll talk about it after. It'll change you. I was a little worried putting this one into the conversation because I was like, I know what it means to me. And to me, it's very similar to like uh, like The Cube. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Uh, yes, I think I have. Where it's, where it's like also oh like, it's not like a technical marvel, but it's a very fascinating film. Yeah. Like I could see someone being like, the, the Cube sucks. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, if you're talking about from the perspective of what movies are like now, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really awesome moment in time, though. Yeah, but, it was very ambitious. Yeah, yeah. But, but similarly, I was a little, like, worried that this thing that I love that's, like, you know, rough around <laughs> the edges, I was, like, <laughs> not bit. sure how they were going to receive it, but then mm-hmm. we just all gushed over it. Yeah, unanimously and, and we it. just it's we, so fun. Yeah, we kept, it was, it was so I think fun. it, it kind of leans into its campiness a little bit, so yeah. it does. I think that's helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, you know? that self-awareness definitely helps, and then I think having that the like centered performances of you know both of your performances and dr ripper Mm -hmm. like really center it because like you said they're also heightened Mm -hmm. and and it makes sense now uh brenda is the one who's like literally a fame seeker where everyone else gets like an actual backstory right and all she gets is she wants to be a model she wants to be a model she wants to be a model it does it truly doesn't matter at that point because yeah. it's just like the the vapidness or whatever fame mm-hmm. like putting putting the horse before the cart i want to be famous mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know what don't for, know what for. Yeah, don't yeah, know what for but it's I know. sort of prescient right like i look at you know 20 years down the road now i look at some of morris's the two films that i did of morris it's kind of weird calling it's maurice definitely pronounce people's and, names correctly uh, we're <laughs> and um but what he's kind of looking at back in 2001, he probably wrote this in 99 or 2000 yeah. or something yeah. about like reality television and, and the, just kind of the commodification. Capitalism. Um, that's yeah. what we got. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 20 years ago, mm-hmm. right? You look mm-hmm. at what it is now and like with, with social media, and this is mm-hmm. before any social media, mm-hmm. and you just kind of go like, yes, it's fame seeking in the character of Brenda. Yeah. It's just want to be like IG famous kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's just an influencer now. That, like, that's all it is. Yeah. That's why it's like so devastating when he signs her, his his handiwork. Oh, yeah. it's like, yeah. It really is yeah. like just yeah. such a horrible thing to do to someone in general, but to someone who like that's all they are yeah. is that is that face. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting. Like uh, we were kind of talking about Mandy recently, mm-hmm. and it's like a revenge film, but it's done very well. Okay. and it's like it's hard to sell. Oh, this guy's girlfriend got murdered, and now he's got to do this thing, and have that actually be like valid and good right, right. it's, it's, it's yeah. hard to sell for anyone but nicholas cage yeah so. right. <laughs> but, but kind of similarly with brenda where it's like you don't want to uh be misogynistic or sexist or like come off the wrong way but it mm-hmm. does you know very validly illuminate this kind of person and this kind of character yeah. without being like 
over the top or like it is campy but without being like uh like mean to her yeah you know mm-hmm. it's yeah. just like this mm-hmm. is just who she is that's just that's just what's going and on she with just her. shouldn't have been on the show yeah it's just, <laughs> it's just not it's just not a good <laughs> enough it's not a good enough <laughs> yeah. reason to yeah. tangle with serial yeah. killers yeah totally <laughs> none, none of their reasons really yeah. are you need to re-examine your life choices um, mm-hmm. but i love that it also gave way so well i mean like gateway but it was in the same like time period as we were kind of exploring this idea of that during i think film in the 2000s like it was this like we look at japanese films we've we've covered quite a bit on this show already and it's like during that time period in the 2000s they were worried about technology and what that was going to mean yeah and it was the fear of the ring one missed call exactly like all of these movies were like What's gonna happen when we all can get to each other like that? You know, yeah, like when yeah, we yeah. all reach each other like very, very quickly, and it's like this. I think this film, and like others like Battle Royale and stuff like that, Su- like, Suicide Club, Suicide we Club, about yeah, that, exactly. Which, like, which is just about Japanese kids just start committing mass suicide. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's and it's just is there a supernatural element? Is it peer pressure? Is it that they're hearing about this thing and it's like trendy? And it's just y- the y- internet. Yeah, It's literally just if someone could go online and say put up a forum and say we're going to start a suicide club. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it's gonna it's out there and it's going to get yeah. traction. Yeah. And it's interesting. Films explore that, right? Like just that, that, you know, take it to it's, it's kind of almost absurd conclusion, mm-hmm. right? Like kind of beyond, but is it anymore? I don't know. Right. Yeah. We, we just watched, um, crimes of the future by oh, yeah. Cronenberg, which Absolutely. is a fantastic movie, fantastic. but like basically in a weird way, it ends up being about pollution and, all the microplastics. I was not expecting that. <laughs> you know? That was just about, you know, people yeah. fetish cutting themselves. The, well, that's, the yeah. that's a movie that, like... I was there for the fetish cutting. Yeah. Literally, literally, I was then like... I got this global message. I had, never, I had never seen a movie that had, like, glorified body modification Like, romanticized before. Like, romanticized it. it. And that's kind of... Literally, that I talked about on the episode... That's the reason why I got my face tattoos. Okay, yeah. was just because I like saw this movie and I was like, "Oh, this is actually beautiful," and like people modifying the way they see themselves is like important. <laughs> and you it's, know, and it's crazy how it just comes back to like really the thesis of the film is as humans we have created these things that will outlast us and will continue to have uh, like uh, impact on the world forever. Mm-hmm. We've we've created and manufactured things that will never break down. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like you don't expect that going into a movie about <laughs> yeah. w- what if cutting yourself with Ex- sex. Exactly. You know, that's, that's kind exactly. of the film. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, a bit of a bit of a left turn there. Exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah. we, we love the fact. This is why we like talking about these movies is because of the fact that like like slashers, we didn't expect to get a whole lot of you know meaning out of it. But right. it's like those scenes, like you were talking about the the scene with Charlie breaking character, yeah. and then you know the the preacher man, the hesitation. It was like. These were scenes that were, you could see there's artistry in there. Like there's a lot of schlock, maybe there's a lot of camp. There's <laughs> yeah, a lot of undoubtedly. It's a lot of, yeah, absolutely. But there are these little moments that stood out and they mean something. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what we're like. We're digging through the pile to get to. Essentially, yeah. you know. Yeah, totally. You know, and the whole premise of like the pursuit of fame, the pursuit mm-hmm. of at any at any cost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And that make... still resonates. Like we have yeah. Squid Game now, which is exactly. yeah, not all that far off. Yeah, yeah. not all that far yeah. off, you know? It's, a little more sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's I love I love Battle Royale, the uh, book and the film. Okay. And it's funny how much it has directly influenced, like in terms of like the mm-hmm. Hunger Games is just straight Literally. up straight oh, okay. up Battle Royale, just taken to a little bit of a different direction. Got mm-hmm. it. Um but it's interesting because I looked at the timeline and it works out so that there's no way Maurice could have been influenced by Battle Royale because the book came out in 99 yeah. and the movie was in development yeah. in 2000 like and the movie came thought. out in 2001. So it's yeah, literally, thought, literally yeah. like at the same time. Interesting, right? And obviously so like the most dangerous game is kind of like the first yep. thing mm-hmm. of that, of hunting people. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, it's... It's interesting because, like, uh, as a huge fan of Battle Royale all the time, I'm like, oh, well, this is, like, a cool, valid extrapolation of these tropes and ideas. This is just it. This is just literally, like, Battle Royale. (laughs) So so look at this thing and be like, whoa, that's crazy. They they were for sure having very similar thoughts at the the same time. time. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. But, I mean, what – so, I mean, I guess from here we'll go into how did, like – where did the video game work come in? How did that I, even? Come I would out? I would say before we get into that because I was like from so from what Evelyn had wrote down, we've pretty much talked about a lot. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. To do them all. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But but I think that this is this is worthy of, of bringing up because it was it was something that we all said sure. about it. Yeah. The movie is like an interactive haunted house. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like you yeah. just that's on right. The Didn't rails. need to ask about this. Thank it's you. It's like it like it almost feels like uh, when you're on like a Disney ride and like when he. When they like get down to the bottom, uh, the elevator, mm-hmm. and then Hideo like goes out in the hallway and turns around, and, like twists around yeah. and all this, and then flips back to see them. It kind of feels like when you're like on a Disney ride, they show you like a this is what's going on, this is the setting type video, mm-hmm. and then the door opens and the the roller coaster starts going down yeah, the track. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Evelyn put a note here that there's points in time where they just forget the prize. They just for, oh, yeah. they, they just do. like kind of yeah. for, forget and the prize and at, at certain junctures that's like they're not really thinking about money. I don't. Yeah, think. Megan's not even there for money in the first place. Yeah. It becomes survival. Um, I'm for, I think I think David might be the character's name. The 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 really ripped dude we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. But he wanted. He's just there to you know face off against them he's trained yeah, like a boxer a right? yeah. mm-hmm. I, lo- I loved that and then the whole like oh good thing we knocked off preacher man because i couldn't have like he's strategizing the whole time yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 so cool and like such a interesting ride mm-hmm. yeah and you know people's different motivations for the same objective mm-hmm. right yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, you're doing this thing and everybody has a different reason for doing it mm-hmm. and uh it is like that interactive that's an interesting that interactive ride because it sort of felt a little bit like that shooting it mm-hmm. interesting yeah because we're just so running around this place and because <laughs> it's all these long takes mm-hmm. you know you're it's a pretty integral as it seems weird to say this about this film but like a very integrated performance yeah, <laughs> yeah. well we we <laughs> felt fucking, fucking slashers no like we, <laughs> we felt like i was like oh these guys had to be like scare actors or something like to have this yeah. sort of right. like background or something mm-hmm. like but like you even pointing out the fact that it was like you took from wrestling that makes sense to me it's though. So, that, so much. That yeah. connects so many dots. Like, yeah, that- Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> I could go for a sequel, honestly. Yeah, yeah, well, I, think, yeah. I think we can cast Skeptic as uh, the new, the new I'm too old for it now, man. <laughs> the next one to put on the chainsaw yeah, mask. Yeah. Yeah. Chainsaw Charlie, I, I fresh gotta, blood. I gotta, get, I gotta get my guns up. <laughs> That's it, yeah. A little bit of gym work. That's it. It's not yeah. so much. Not so oh, much. Man. But yeah, it was it was a blast running around in there, man. And just like, again, like I'm a grown up and this is my job, mm-hmm. you know? Although it, it was very new to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I think it comes off as that. Do you know what I mean? It's this sort of, I don't want to be like reading too much into this, into this film, but you know. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Yeah, when you, <laughs> when when you think about for. it, right? Like, you know, amusement parks and, and you know, these theme when haunts weren't really a thing back then, right? Like, I think haunt- it was like building towards it. Was, yeah. it was kind of I think they were version. Yeah, yeah, they were really, really new. Yeah, it, it was, very it was, it was like niche. Yeah. Uh, niche. There'd yeah. be like a couple, probably probably around here, like down in LA. Yeah. And then I'm from the Bay Area. Okay. So like maybe a couple up there, but more like Is word it, of mouth yeah, kind of stuff really at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know this place and nobody really knows about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you might get killed there. They have chainsaws, <laughs> but the chain's not running, so he'll yeah, come yeah, in with yeah. it and put it on you and he'll stick <laughs> shit out. <laughs> you know how many hipsters it takes to screw in a light bulb, yeah? <laughs> It's this really obscure number. You've probably never heard of it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, it's a good no, one. but like the, the the idea of like what is sort of like fun and innocuous, you know, in that presentation of it, it's kind of exciting to go in, right? Like it's mm-hmm. Disney. Mm-hmm. Like what can be more harmless than Disney? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But then you're walking into this, you know, you might not make it out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And this whole... I think it's, it's a, it, 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 I don't know, it's, it is a creepiness to it for me of setting something up that's innocuous and maybe childlike, you know, this is, a, you know, and also shooting in a place where, you know, people are having fun and there are no real, yeah, real yeah. stakes. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, the ultimate high stakes. And also just like the whole idea of, um, you know, in, in what Morris was going for, I think, uh, is that kind of social commentary about uh just the commodification of us of our mm, experience of human life yeah, yeah the commodification yeah. of human life and like I, I know that he was really disenchanted with the the ubiquity of uh reality tv mm. you know and yeah. i know that he had i think it was the japanese game endurance or something mm. that he <laughs> kind of he gave him this kind of seed interesting of the idea of just like the ridiculous things people will do yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah. with the love room and everything yeah. like oh well we'll stop trying to kill you that if you're was, having sex yeah, yeah. That was we give so us something disturbing. else to watch I, I forgot about the love <laughs> room yeah. Yeah. yeah that's very much born of like reality TV uh, yeah, totally yeah because yeah. yeah, so. it's, it's weird to think about that but it is like when you're watching reality TV and then it'll show the scenes of like oh well this guy went into the girls dorm and now they're like you could see him getting to the cover with them and everything and it's like you guys just full on filmed them fucking yeah you guys just yeah. full, full on filmed that like yeah. that's yeah. that's on a hard drive somewhere that's, <laughs> that's it's, 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 how are we all feeling about that it's strange yeah. like you said like knowing the cameras are around all the time but then also 
letting your guard down in like mm-hmm. a moment like that where it's like this human drive just makes you be like whatever i don't i don't care in the moment the the dumb shit that dudes do when we're to horny, make, you know? that makes yeah. you say to hell with staying in place i'm not i'm letting him through <laughs> yeah right the earpiece, exactly when he breaks character it's like you have those moments you're just like no i'm not i'm not doing nothing's it worth this isn't it. worth this nothing's yeah. worth this yeah like it's so interesting and sort of the build of that you know of the whole movie to that point mm-hmm. of nobody realizes this isn't worth it mm-hmm. yeah right? and yeah, we're all yeah. the rationalizations that we have to put ourselves through to allow ourselves to do certain things mm-hmm. yeah you know and what our motives are yeah it, it's funny because like uh, you know people love to be down on like uh sex work they're like you're selling your body but it's like that's what we all do mm-hmm. i used to drive mm-hmm. i used to drive a truck and carry crates up yeah that's what labor like, is that's, that's what labor, wage yeah. labor is exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah like exactly you are selling your body you are the commodity yeah. mm-hmm. like that is that is what it is it's uh yeah oh, that's a whole other podcast man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was curious what uh what the reception of the film was uh well we premiered it at uh, Fantasia Film Fest in mm. Montreal, which was small back then. It was mm. kind of, it's a little bit bigger now. Mm-hmm. Like Mitch has really grown it a lot, Mitch Davis. Mm. Um, and it was really well received to a live audience. Like they loved it. I'm telling you. And I, did a pre- I presented as Chainsaw. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. That's we had so the mask and the teeth and the outfit. Dude, and we did so, a Q&A after as Chainsaw. That's so cool. You <laughs> there in the back. <laughs> that is so funny. That's see, good. that's what I'm saying. That would have been the, like, the, mo- the perfect place to see this. Like, yeah, I would have loved yeah. to watch this mm-hmm. in theaters with everybody. Yeah. 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 And I think we did another film festival that we went to. I can't remember if it was for that or for End of the Line or something. Mm. Um, but then I don't know, like, how sales or anything went. It was, you know, that's kind of out of my hands at that yeah, point. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. You, you got your 150 a day. I got my, <laughs> I got my, my sweet cake 150 a day, man. <laughs> Honestly, 2000, or 2000, I guess, is probably when you were filming. Yeah, what, 2000 or 2001. 150 yeah. wasn't too bad at that no, point. No, it wasn't great, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was revolutionary if you've never been paid to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is like I got paid to do something I, I don't normally do. And yeah, like, it's the, yeah, the first the first time you did a show and, they, and they handed you twenty bucks yep, and you exactly. were like, oh, I didn't know I was getting whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could I could buy dinner and a little gas. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It is right. Like it's 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 an interesting mindset because yes, revolutionary mm-hmm. to get paid for what you do and also, fuck yes. We should get paid for what we do, Absolutely. right? Like there's thousand, value to this. Thousand percent. You know what I mean? And there's a, there's a bit of a oh boy. My wife just wrote an essay about this whole thing in the act, like in in kind of the the industry today with like auditioning and mm. and, uh, and and worth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. it anyway. lends into this conversation yeah, perfectly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting read. Please. Um, but yeah, about where we as artists. You know, we are we are kind of programmed to um, devalue ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. To feel grateful that we're getting paid yeah. to do what we do. It's a pa- yeah. it's a passion, and that should be enough. That should yeah. be enough. Yeah, yeah. auditioning is your job. Fuck that, man! I, mean, I get paid I, for a job. Auditioning is something else. <laughs> I, I, it's necessary. Yeah. One of my one of my like he used to be my best friend for a long time, but we're not good anymore, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Uh, he. Uh, he was uh, medicated for various things, and he decided to stop taking his medication, mm-hmm. which just, it, it happens. Yeah. But, you know, it just, 
it created a friction. But, uh, you know, he was also a rapper. We very much, like, sort of started our careers together Mm -hmm. and always had that, like, symbiosis. But he was like, I don't ever want to have to charge for anything. I'm never going to sell my art. And it was like, well, that's nice, but, you know, you're 30-something and you're living with your parents, which no shame. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, you know, for me, I like, I only fully got out of my parents house like a few years ago Mm -hmm. but that was my goal was to do that to to get to get out of there and he was just like i don't really care like i've been homeless before i like i don't need to charge for anything here it's immoral to charge for art and that's his that's his perspective Mm -hmm. it's his standpoint and i think that's that's that is an artist's prerogative and that's an an artist's uh empowerment right Mm -hmm. like that's his power yeah for sure from the other side it's from like the expectation from you know producers advertisers or the powers that be who hold the purse strings Mm -hmm. that that we should be grateful Mm -hmm. as artists to make a living doing our thing i put you on a show I got yeah, you in yeah, front of people. You had exposure. Exposure. Well, I'm gonna die of exposure. Makes me Thanks. Fucking cringe, bro. <laughs> and that, that's sort of the trap of it, right? Because yeah, you also do need that, yeah. right? Yeah. And there are people, the the power structure that does have access to that. We are kind of beholden to, right? Yeah, but yeah. views don't always translate to actual money. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, and somebody's making money somewhere along the way, mm-hmm, and we yeah. should be getting cut of it. Yeah. It's, in, it's interesting. I'm working more now in a different say. I'm not doing. I'm not acting as much anymore. I'm working more in locations and location scouting, and location management for films and commercials. And it's it's really interesting to see the shift in agency in my life right now, mm. in terms of I can kind of decide what I do. Yeah, yeah and yeah. yeah, I'm a teamster now, and that's a whole fucking different <laughs> thing, <laughs> you know. But like I was just working on a film a while back, and it is really interesting. So the teamsters, the drivers on on film sets are teamsters, mm. and they're they're hardcore, man, and they have to yeah. be. And this one film I was doing, it was really problematic. Like, they were really making problems for the production. And in a lot of ways, for me, because it was changing my logistics when they would refuse to do something. So it was making my life difficult. But at the same time, I was like, yep. Because the producers are going to try to get everything from the talent. They're going to try to get everything Uh, from the creatives. mm -hmm. Because we have skin in the game, Mm -hmm. right? Because we are on screen. We are the ones who are... You know, invested in the creative endeavor. You don't got us, you don't got a movie. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? But we are invested, so we're going to do more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, we'll rehearse a two act play in five days, which is fucking crazy, but we can do it. It can be done, and then that becomes the expectation. Yeah, and then there's no walking it back. And there's no walking back. Bringing it back to capitalism. Teamsters on a film set do not give a fuck. Hey, I've worked, um, I'm actually part of IATSE in, okay, in, yeah. in the in the Bay Area, but I've only worked on like uh, music productions, okay. like concerts and stuff. But yeah, they're very, they are very, very rude. Well, because, like, well, it's not general. that they're rude, but it's, they, they, they're there to get paid. No, no, for they're, sure. They're there yeah, to get paid yeah, yeah. and they will not be rolled over by they, production. They yeah. are so hard line about mm-hmm. literally, if it's here, I'm not touching it. Yeah. If it's here, it's in my domain. And as an, an as a creative working in more logistical and scouting is creative, and that's why I love it. But like when yeah. I'm when I'm managing like working sets and managing sets, it becomes more logistical. And seeing that, having kind of the creative sensibility and having worked as an actor for two decades, because if they don't producers are going to go here, 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 and then they're going to be all up in your yeah, grill. Yeah, you're going to have, yeah, exactly. And you're going to be paid nothing. And I exactly. was like, even though these Teamsters on this show were driving me crazy because it was making my life harder, yeah. I was like, 
fuck yes, because <laughs> somebody has to. Because yeah. yeah, that's fair. They're yeah. not going to work yeah. for exposure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I should rephrase because it is like it's just hardline, and it comes it's across hardline. that way to yeah. a grunt who's just pushing boxes. Because yep. mm-hmm. that's usually all I do for, <laughs> for IATSE. I'm yeah. not. I'm not a. Uh, an engineer or anything. I'm usually just pushing boxes, mm-hmm. but it's, it is that very hard line of like, nah, we've done that and this has happened, or like to your example, or we've done that and then something wasn't in the box, and then you guys tried to say it was us, and yeah. then yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, and blah, then blah, that blah, can be, yeah, yeah. That, you know, that can be a pain in the ass. Yeah. But this particular, <laughs> this particular thing, it was like, if this doesn't happen, the trucks aren't moving. Yes, mm-hmm. and so the producers had to make the thing happen. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? They could find the money for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's funny how it's, I got it right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, as from a, a creative's perspective mm-hmm. on that, going, oh, we need that. Yeah, because it's harder for us because we're invested. Mm-hmm. You know, I get into like I work way too hard because I'm like. It's just got to happen, man. Mm-hmm. The show yeah. must go mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah. You like, get lost in that sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Teamsters don't. They're like, <laughs> so the show doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I still am building for today. Right here, like, <laughs> that's, that's for me. And I don't I, get box office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do, I do respect that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I imagine it's got to be, it's beneficial for you having worked every angle of this before mm-hmm. and, like, and being able to see it from multiple perspectives and yeah. being like, mm-hmm. I understand it's a pain in the ass yeah but it's good that it's happening yeah yeah, you know? yeah and i've got to have both those perspectives mm-hmm. i think it's just you know it behooves us all to have uh, you know as uh as kind of open a perspective as we can absolutely you know? yeah. yeah absolutely that's For a sort of i mean there's there are similarities in the theme to the short film that you and your wife made oh yeah that i when i met you that's what yeah. we were watching is are uh, you my mommy yeah. <laughs> you should see it. It's, it's a good I film. Love that. It's very fun. I'm absolutely watching that. Yeah. Um, and just these themes of, uh, you know, the bullshit of Hollywood and mm-hmm. these tropes of how certain characters are supposed to be. Yeah. And then her finding her way through that bullshit and like rewriting it. It's very meta film. Yeah, very mm-hmm. meta film. It's, uh, you guys haven't seen it. Yeah. No, it's, I haven't yet. No. It's a short film that my wife wrote and we produced about four or five years ago. Um, so fun. I'd never wanted to produce anything, but I read the script. I was like, oh, fuck. And she was like, what? I'm <laughs> like, we got to find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, basically, it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a feminist film couched in a very male genre in an action mm. film and, oh. and uh so That's she fun as her, her character comes in at the beginning of the film and it's interesting because it's not she hijacks the narrative mm-hmm. it's not like she's stepping onto set and my character's going hey what the fuck who is this mm-hmm. she hijacks the narrative you know <laughs> and is doing and you know she was 48 when we did this and you know she's not you know she's an actor but she doesn't look like a lot of a lot of actors that you see in hollywood mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> and she's doing all this kick-ass shit yeah. and all i'm asking is like what size are you like a size 18 like how old are you <laughs> that's so you know? funny yeah you, you shouldn't be saving me this little waif over here this Co- coachella girl should be saving me <laughs> she's like carrying she's carrying me like shooting <laughs> guns driving yeah, <laughs> yeah that's we're awesome this that's awesome yeah it's, it's a lot of fun yeah. that's so funny yeah. and uh yeah my wife gave me some real choice lines in that one mm. yeah i love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's so I'll send it to you after. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah your character is very much a douchebag. Douchebag, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, the guy. <laughs> She's just sitting in the screening, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, people, we, we, had a big, we had a pretty big festival run, mm-hmm. and in the Q&As afterwards, like, because nobody knows necessarily that we're married. Mm-hmm. And so in the Q&A, like, she'd go, yeah, it's my husband. And they're like, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah. Even after this? This, <laughs> this, this fucking guy? This fucking guy? She's like, I wrote it. <laughs> I was yeah. curious how you guys met. Did, did you meet through film? Theater, yeah, we met on the uh, on the Montreal theater scene. We had uh, we had known each other for I guess probably about three or four years before we hooked up (laughs) Um, on a play that we were doing. Mm. And uh, we had all—it's interesting—we had always met in like lobbies in the in like uh, foyers, home foyers at parties in the winter. So we had had like long hour-long conversations, both of us wearing parkas, because <laughs> I was always doing theater. So I was always like I was doing like three or you know four or five plays every year, and so I was always at theater. And I'd get to parties at like midnight, mm. and she, you know, she'd likely be leaving. I'm like, hey, Paula, how are you doing? And we just chat for a while, and we Aww. really got along. And then ships I'd, of the night, ships <laughs> in the night. Yeah. And then I did a play with uh, with her, one of her best friends, this guy Quincy. And we played lovers, and we got to know each other really well. And uh, I got to know Paula a little better. And we did a play together with a bunch of friends that one of our friends had written and, and her husband had uh, directed. Mm-hmm. And then after it, we uh, we didn't have a showmance. It was like a post-show romance. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we, showmance. Yeah. <laughs> we got together after. And uh, yeah, and then we, we stayed together. We were in Montreal for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's where we met. She's from Portland, Oregon. Right. And then we moved to Toronto for a few years, and mm-hmm. then we went to Vegas and got married by Elvis. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. It's awesome. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. And then I got my green card, and we moved down to L.A., and mm-hmm. now I'm a citizen. So. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man. We're happy to have you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Canada, Canada sent us their best and brightest. Yeah. <laughs> and me. <laughs> We got, uh, wh- what are they called? Philip and Terrence? We got, oh, yeah, we Philip got Philip and Terrence. And Neil. Yeah, Neil. Yeah, and Neil. That's it. <laughs> that was the trade. It's a fair trade. <laughs> are we, uh, are, are we, is it cool to move on to the video games now or? Yeah, I think so. I think. Let's, let's like kind of round her up on that one. Like, yeah. So yeah, how did, I mean, again, like how did, how did that kind of work get into, because obviously theater and, you know. You, you've stayed consistent through several different kind of things. Exactly. How do you mean? Which as musicians, like we kind of have to do as well. We're like, you're, you're more of a solo musician. Mm-hmm. I work with a producer. Our group is called Double Dragon. So okay. we That's have, you, thank you. <laughs> so we have, uh, we have that where it's like, uh, another person that I depend upon to be able mm-hmm. to do this. But I also have other projects with other people because mm-hmm. I can't, we can't always do that realistically. Right. So I have to, yeah, yeah, have kind of like, uh, you know, eggs in different baskets. Mm-hmm. Kind Is of. that what you mean by remaining consistent? In, in, in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Like when we look at your IMDb, you, it starts with slashers, but there's like a few things every year and it might not always be acting, but yeah. there's some video game work. There's some, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. having that consistently doing something artistic. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very Montreal actor experience. You know, I've, I've had this conversation. Mm. I just, I'm sorry. I just realized, of course, you ended up in Arkham games because WB Montreal makes the Arkham games. And Ubisoft. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I yeah. like the Assassin's Creed's and the Division and, uh, yeah. Wild. And things like that, yeah, yeah. I a lot of my f- love those games, but <laughs> yeah, they're great. Yeah, I haven't been doing a lot. I moved away from Montreal, and you know, I was going back a little bit to do some of that, but then mm-hmm. that that work kind of dried up because it's yeah. you know, 
there's a lot of really good actors in Montreal have been doing that for a long time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and they're awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of my friends up there, like you know, are fight choreographers for and directors now mm. um, for video games and a lot of voice. There's a really tight voice community in mm. Montreal that do a, a ton of work and it's very closed. Um, but that's kind of the Montreal experience is everybody, there's not like a huge amount of film work, right? So you can't just be a film actor mm -hmm. and make a living. You know, so you're also doing theater, you're doing some voice work, you're doing some video game work to kind of put your yeah. your year together. Uh -huh. That's been kind of mostly the experience up there. So I think that's kind of what informs uh, my resume. Uh -huh. You know, there's a little bit of voice work, not too much just voice work, but there's video game work. Yeah. There's, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, there's films like some big, you know, Hollywood films yes. that come in and shoot yeah. there. Mm -hmm some Canadian television, a little bit of American television, yeah. And there's, you know, a lot of theater that doesn't end up on IMDb. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's just like the defining factor of like, it would just be so easy, like for me as an example, to just be like, well, this is my project. And uh, like he, the the producer does all of our engineering as well. So, okay. he, so he makes the music, I put the words over it. Mm -hmm. He does all the mixing, mastering, all of that stuff. Got so it. it's like, I could just be like, well, I did that, so I'm done being an artist until it's out. Right. You know, or, 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 <laughs> or you yeah, can have yeah. that drive to do other things. Yeah. And I think that's such a, I think that's one of the defining factors uh, to be a successful artist or like a, mm -hmm. maybe respectable is not like the right word that I'm looking for, but like someone that I would, I would say like, yeah, that, that person does have that artistic drive. Mm -hmm. And the other thing would be, I, we kind of alluded to it earlier, the ability to self-criticize. The ability to make to yeah. make a bad song, make a yeah. bad movie, yep, and look at it and be like, "Yeah, that wasn't great." I can pull some value from being able to say, "Not everything I make is fantastic because I made it." Yeah, that's mm -hmm. like a, such a trap for. You gotta get that ego out of the way. Yeah, yeah. To just, to just can be a challenge. Yeah, yeah to just be like, because of course you're going to be proud of things that you made, mm -hmm. but you need to also have the mind for us to be like. Yeah, that rhythmically that doesn't work. Or mm -hmm. I mean, kind of similar thing in acting of like, yeah, these this rhythm that or beat this didn't work. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't it didn't carry. Yeah, you know? like, why are my eyebrows moving so much? <laughs> I need to get like I need to wrangle those That's eyebrows. That's so funny. Yeah. Like shit that we do not even consider. Yeah, yeah. like at all in our line of work. Like mm. you guys have to be so hyper aware of. Well, it's yeah. so interesting, right? Because coming from theater doesn't matter. Right, because it's a bit of a bigger performance, right? Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. this whole like between theater and, and film and video games of attenuating your performance. Yeah, even like in a film, like from the master to the medium to the close up, you're, mm -hmm. you know, you have more latitude to to move mm -hmm. in a master. How much you're projecting? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and when you're when you're full, you know, full close up, you can't move very much. It becomes yeah. distracting yeah. visually, you know, yeah. on the big screen. You're like, why is this fucking guy doing this? <laughs> So stillness is a real thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I had some brilliant point, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're all brilliant. But that, that, well, thank you. It's, that, it's that years of that Canadian medical grade. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I don't think anyone got that, but we just really looked into each other's soul right there. There was a, there was a connection. <laughs> 
<laughs> the chief in with Chainsaw Charlie. But, <laughs> but oh, attenuating really. that performance is a real thing, you know. And I remember one of the first kind of it was it was on some sci-fi show, but it was the first kind of multi multi-day arc that I had on a. Was it Helix? On a, no. Oh, okay, that's like, what I was thinking. Fantastic yeah. show, by the way. That was a cool was, show. It's yeah, really fucking good. Yeah, right? that was awesome. No, that was a great. I love that man. <laughs> yeah. It was. It went off the rails in the second season, but it's so fun. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it much fun. fun. Yeah. No, it was this thing I did with, like right at the beginning of my career. They are. I don't forget what it was, but it was some alien thing. Mm. And um, I remember the director saying to me, hey, Neil, you have a very expressive face. And I mm. took that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> and only a couple of years later did I realize he went, what he meant. I was like, oh, he's like fucking tone uh. down your fucking facial expression. <laughs> pull, pull it down. Pull yeah, it down. It up. You have a very expression. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then I was watching him. Like, he's oh, like, wow. I, don't, I don't have the heart to tell him. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's like, that meant a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I was. It was a little too dynamic. That's you know so what I mean? Funny, dude. And uh, so it was. There, there was like this learning curve, this self criticism of like, oh, there is value in kind of watching my stuff because I go, I'm being like, I'm distracted by the things I'm doing. So how can I reel mm. that in? Mm. And one really instructive moment was um, on a film. And it was something I, I like. I already knew by this point because it was like 2010, 2011, or something. But I remember doing, uh, it was a film, Immortals, and with uh, Mickey Rourke, and I played his kind of intelligence officer, the Beastmaster, so I always had this hawk on my so arm the cool. whole time. Nice. Very cool. That's so cool. It was like my favorite scene partner ever. It <laughs> <laughs> was a hawk. That's so fun. And uh, Mickey Rourke, at this time, he was a damaged cat, like really like lovely guy, but like, the, you know, I think he was going through some things. And, yeah, yeah. And... Um, and you know his memory wasn't really good and and uh and so there's a scene where uh he kills me gouges out my eyes and and you know i was warned by the um stunt his stunt double to protect myself because mm. he wasn't in in control like you see well that's scary oh, that wow. was scary <laughs> you know scary. And there was a bit of a pissing match you know between uh me and mickey not from me he was just kind of like I, I read it as like this. Here's a status test. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so he like I was just about to bail out at one point, and then I dropped to my knees and died. And then he's like, uh, "Was that good?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that was good. You know, that's fine." And then it was controlled and gentle after all that. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Interesting. And I had there's a few things in this story. That one was like, what, "What? How can I be a service to this situation?" Is a mm. question I ask myself every day in every situation. How can I be of service to this situation, this person, this arrangement? That's beautiful. It's helpful, like when we're talking about trying to get my ego out of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause like, do you know who I am? Like I should be getting, yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. is the thing? Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. If I can ask instead of those questions, I can ask, how can I be of service? Mm -hmm. Boy, I have a better day. Absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. does everyone else. So uh, does everyone yep. else, yeah. you know? And so what was instructive in this, uh, in working with Mickey Rourke and you know, my read was like, he had just come off the wrestler and you know mm. and this yeah. resurgence of his career that's what i was gonna ask too i think it was around that time of the wrestler it was right? yeah. it was right after yeah. it you yeah. know and i was like wow that must be like a really insecure place to be mm -hmm. you know and then all of a sudden you're getting paid god knows how much come on and do like a week on this movie yeah yeah you know and i know what imposter syndrome feels like <laughs> maybe 
That yeah. happens to yeah. somebody yeah. like Mickey Rourke as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So how can I be a service to Mickey yeah. Rourke and do yeah. what I can to make yeah. him look as be there for him? That, mm-hmm. Which that, is a very theater kind of you know make your scene partner look good. That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that, you know wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly. It is. That's what it is. That's, that's really what that's, it is. Everything I know, I learned from wrestling. <laughs> that's, uh, Which that, I, that's the. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. That's the uh, the dual edged sword of mm-hmm. uh, of that like uh, losing yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Of like, mm-hmm. uh, it, there's good and there's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and so what? Tarsem, who was the director, after we wrapped, he thanked me. He goes. It was only the days that you were on set that Mickey stuck around for for the other people's coverage, because he was just coming doing his coverage and then leaving, mm. and his stunt double would do all the other people's uh, coverage. Okay. But the days I was there, he stayed and did my coverage as well, mm. and all the other co- actors' coverages. Wow! And I don't know if that was just a good day or if it has something to do with a certain attitude you bring in. Connected so how can bit. we affect yeah. the environment we're in by bringing our attitude on that day? Yeah. Don't yeah. know. Yeah. I like to think. There's some influence of a good attitude. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But the really instructive part. So it was really difficult. It's problematic. Like, and I remember at one point thinking in the scene, like, I, I can't imagine doing theater with this guy. <laughs> you know, like, how is he getting hired? Like, it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he can murder me, right? <laughs> and then, but also just like his, with with lines, and there was all this, yeah, you know, yeah. problematic stuff, and mm-hmm. and and then. I die, and I'm there for, you know, when Lysander walks in and King Hyperion is washing his hands of my blood in a basin, and and then they move into the close-up so I can get up off the ground, and I go to Video Village, and I'm watching, and it's a close-up of Mickey Rourke, head down, washing his hands, doing nothing. Mm. And I couldn't fucking take my eyes off him. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, that's why. That's how. Yeah. yeah. That's how. Uh, yeah. Like he has a charisma and he has a stillness mm-hmm. and he has a, tur- and my wife talks about it as a turbine mm-hmm. that characters have running in them. And some people have turbines that are just spinning and compelling and oh, other no. people's turbines are, are off. That's awesome. I <laughs> you know? love yeah. that. Really. And you can see it when like, you know, you're watching characters gorgeous. In, a, in a scene and these actors all have turbines yeah. and one actor doesn't have a turbine. I have, right. Oh man, I've never had a yeah. word for that until now. It's perfect. That's so fun. It, it's interesting because we've like, we didn't like really think about it going in, but it's just interesting how much we've sort of like touched on uh, mental health and earlier when you were talking about sort of like the the like breakdown uh, that you experienced of like mm-hmm. losing yourself and you described it as like these feelings aren't real but I'm feeling them mm-hmm. and that's how I try to describe like my clinical depression to people that don't understand is oh, like is like mm-hmm. no it's not that I'm seeing the worst in things it's that sometimes even though everything is okay I have these feelings that for me, the way that I have to contextualize it, the, the survival mechanism I figured out when I was 15 was these feelings aren't real. Mm-hmm. They are not rooted in anything. If I feel bad, I would like think back to the week before and be like, there's no stimulus to make me yeah. feel this way. There was no like inciting event. So, so and, lo- yet. Yeah. And, yet, <laughs> and, yet, and yet. And yet you're yeah. trapped in this. And it's, sometimes that's what it is. It's like, there's nothing wrong but I feel absolutely horrible. I can't focus enough to like get uh, to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was really interesting to hear because I don't. I usually I'm explaining that to people. I've never really heard someone else say it. But it was interesting the way you contextualized that. Of well, like, interesting because I don't suffer from depression. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I don't know what it is to be 
caught in that. But it, but it was. But I do maybe a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, but I but I recognize that just mm-hmm. in terms of like, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, why are these feelings coming over me? And I'm and I'm not acting like myself. Yeah. And and you, you're saying your girlfriend at yeah. the time is like, what the fuck is going on? This yeah. is not you. Yeah. And you're just sitting there going, I know it's not me, but I can't stop. This yeah. is just Something coming else. out of me. Something yeah. else was driving me. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. That, and that's very much how it feels being it like just just being like overpoweringly depressed and just being like you know what's wrong nothing is wrong i would submit though that the feelings are real Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you just, know what I mean? Like, because yeah. but that's a weird distinction, it's, right? It's because how I have to like self-talk to get through it. God, yeah, but right, then you're yeah, right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Because what we're experiencing is always real. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what it's I mean? It's our own experience. Yep. Whether the danger is real or not is different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's right? like having absolutely. having that panic going off. Like like when you're having a panic attack and mm-hmm. looking around and being like, "There, I'm fine. I'm just sitting There's here having no a conversation." But something in my brain chemistry just decided I had to have a panic attack right now. So kind of like that um, there's an effect but no cause yeah and the effect is real like yes like the emotional state we are in is always real yeah hundred yeah. percent yeah that's what i always describe it's right? you know it's an overreaction or or a um uh not an overreaction but a like a n- non-commensurate reaction to the current yeah, yeah. Conditions. Yeah, yeah. yeah but absolutely. the feelings are real. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, like, I, I always describe that as like with suffering. I have uh, generalized anxiety disorder, so mm-hmm. it's like I always ex- I, I describe it as my fight, my fight or flight is always triggered. Yeah, there doesn't have to be a trigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. there doesn't have to be an inciting event. It just is there, and I don't know, you know, what it is. But again, I'm years of therapy, and now I've gotten uh, to where I can talk myself down from a heightened state yeah. and it, take, like, it takes work and practice work, right yeah. like it's anything never pretty. else it's and, never pretty and i think what is really and i i think it's a little it's getting better is well, like trying to have to explain that to somebody right because mm-hmm. what it is is like well just fucking don't feel that way <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah like, have you tried not feeling yeah that? <laughs> yeah that helps yeah now so how one way to heighten my anxiety is to tell me to not feel anxious yeah you know it's, what i mean it's, Amen. it's that classic joke about you know don't ever tell your wife to calm down and don't tell anyone to calm down <laughs> yeah yeah, 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 yeah that works. relax you're just gonna, relax you're gonna, you're gonna lose your neck yeah. talking like that around here yeah. but it's an interesting thing right because it can like it can be managed right mm-hmm. but like you can't when i'm in a moment and i don't suffer from generalized anxiety or depression right but i do have a you know rich emotional life and sometimes can find myself in situations where i feel out of control mm-hmm. right and in that moment uh, absent any other work i'm doing i have no power to change the way i feel you know so all that work has to happen before i'm in that in that state and yeah, then, then i have tools that i can absolutely. access do you know what i mean it is a bit i'm gonna bring this back to kind of acting and theater acting all i need to know is my first line mm-hmm. all i need oh, to know and, I love and, that. and that's how that's how i feel about performance is like yeah. I, I very much like for a long time and even even now i've been performing for like 12 years but you'll always feel a little bit of weird apprehension mm-hmm. stage fright yeah, right yeah. before the moment. Right before. I hope so. But, yeah. but as soon as, exactly, <laughs> like, you like, like, yeah, you, you yeah exactly, yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah. And you know it is, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't, I feel weird right now. The second that music comes on mm-hmm. and four bars play and yep. I start speaking, uh, it's on. It's because on it's and pre- running. It's, pre- it's preparation. It's preparation. Yeah. Because you've done yeah. all the work before that's, you got there. If you're you doing the work it. on stage, the, the, you've not done the work mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. because you don't have time it's interesting because the most important lessons i learned about acting and stage acting in general is playing contact sports 
about being in the moment. Interesting. Because if you're not in the moment when you're playing rugby and you're thinking about like, well, what's going to happen five minutes from now or what happened two minutes ago, I'm fucked. I'm going to break my collarbone. I have a fucking bone. You You don't have time for it. And that's why you practice and you practice and you practice because you only have time to react, right? Yeah. That moment, that artistic moment, I learned in athletics and is is sort of ingrained in me from all my athletics of being on stage, nothing but now. Mm-hmm. But I can only create that moment with hours and hours and hours of preparation. It's it's uh, you know? the yeah. you you can't decide when you enter the flow state, but you can gain some experience with it mm-hmm. and like because you can't think I'm in the flow state or it's right. gone. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. You know. So it's just this yeah. weird, this weird. Uh, don't don't look at it, but you know it's there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also I also suspect in in my life, and I don't deal with with clinical uh, clinical emotional. Uh, disorders in any way. Well, <laughs> diagnosed. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're all somewhere on the spectrum. Sorry. Right? I, mean, I mean diagnosed. You're good. Um, but my experience is my emotional, spiritual health is the same as that. Mm-hmm. There's preparation that I can do to put myself in a state where I have a chance. Yeah. A thousand percent. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm sure you know that with anxiety Absolutely. and depression that, you know, you can do some work to, to give yourself a chance in those moments when it feels like something else is driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've been in therapy for literally over half my life now, and there's no way I would be as functioning today as I yeah. am without that. Because yeah. I was going when I was having good days, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it helped me, you yeah. know, again, because it was preparing me for those bad times, you know? Yeah. Well, well, and that's like that's true. Like real strength is mm-hmm. is is being able to ask for help, is being able to access that help, and being able to implement the the help Absolutely. I've gotten. That's my experience mm-hmm. of it. You know, again, that's putting the ego out of the way, though. At the same time, as being able to ask for help, yeah, and, and, and to acknowledge that I'm not being well. comfortable, being weak in certain ways, mm-hmm. and being like, "That's fine. Mm-hmm. We all are." And, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just taking yeah. care of yourself. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I have to do the work to be able to put the ego aside. So it's sort of this this loop, and I can be in that loop in in a kind of positive sense, or I can be in a negative loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have to make that choice. Absolutely, it's a tough choice, you know, yeah. and it's like inertia. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it is, you know, yep. if, if I'm at rest, I resist movement. Yep. And if I'm in movement, I resist, you know, rest. a change, yeah, yeah, a change yeah, exactly, to that. Yeah. So I want to be in movement in a positive uh, direction. That's fantastic. You know, yeah. do we, uh, do we have more questions? Oh yeah. The, yeah. There's oh, definitely please. some more. So we, we kind of pre- uh, touched on, or you kind of brought up like the bigger budget, like Hollywood things you've been on 300, uh, Riddick. X-Men Days of Future Past, which is funny. We were talking Word. about it. I was like, when I see like an actor that I like in in like a Marvel movie, I'm always like, hell yeah. Hell get, yeah. That, get that Marvel, get that Marvel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel so, mix. So, I'm glad you got that Marvel money. I'm glad I could say that face to face to somebody. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's, Thanks, that's awesome. But uh, uh, I think we've talked a little bit about the difference between like scales of project. Mm-hmm. But do you find you have a better time on one or the other, or is it just sort of that's a good project by project? Yeah. It's a bit of both. Hmm. Bit of both. Um, I, I really like uh, surrogate families. You know, mm-hmm. like playing 
playing team sports. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You get this. Uh, part of it is like a non-committal nature of. of <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into my my psychology. <laughs> You're all there because you want to be. But there's something about transient families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, about the bond of mm-hmm. like. Yeah, a, a, and then it's over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you best know, part about being an uncle is I can send the kids back. It's, to it's, like, it's like a one night stand good with the whole family. <laughs> Exactly, but I do like that. I do creating. I do like creating pretty tight bonds and 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 pursuing common goals. Mm-hmm. And I find I've I've found that more on the smaller kind of scrappy productions, right? right? Where everybody's bought in, kind of on an emotional level. Yeah, right. It's not just mm-hmm. the money. Less people are there for a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. you know, working. But it's, it's really cool working on it. You know, walking onto a Marvel set. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. The grandeur of it alone has got to be something to build. Yeah, like. yeah, totally. But it's uh, it's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. It's a real kind of you know it's it's you know you're a cog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, you know, yeah. an important yeah. cog. But you're you know you got to kind of know where your what your role is, what your part is, mm-hmm. um, and that has you know that is has its own gratification. But I really like working on kind of smaller things. Um, and I can only kind of make the, 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 um, comparison or contrast with things that I've had kind of bigger roles on because that is more gratifying to like, you know, bite off a little more, of course, yeah. you know, yeah. of course, but I, I, I like the kind of smaller things. One of the most, I, you know, I, I really think it comes down to character. The more interesting characters is the ones where, like, the caretaker, yeah. that one, like, that was just such an interesting character. It was such a crazy ride. Yeah, that sounds super interesting. And it was, diff- mm-hmm. it was like, a difficult production That'd because be the guy who played Davies, we had to replace him three days before we oh, opened. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. because he, he was and in, and in rehearsing with someone else differently that whole time beforehand. It's well, we be didn't. Like... We were in tech. Oh. We didn't rehearse with the oh, other guy. okay, okay. So he wow. was carrying the book for two weeks of the performance. Shit. <laughs> it's crazy. That's just, wild. Yeah. You gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. Yeah, so it was intense. Mm-hmm. But that is like just one of the one of the most amazing experiences I had. And then there was this show I did a few years ago, Canadian show called The Disappearance, mm-hmm. where I played this um you should watch it. It's cool, like little six episode uh, miniseries. Nice. About a miss- about a missing kid. And I have a I have an interesting character. But I play a guy who's dying of leukemia, so it's, um, yeah. And that was, I think the ones where I have a chance to really collaborate mm-hmm. are the ones that I have found most gratifying. Like that one with, I was talking about Douglas, about mm-hmm. finding the character with him. Mm-hmm. And this one, The Disappearance, is, I was working with uh, Peter Stebbings, who was the director, and we worked on that character. I won an award, an acting award, like with my union, Canadian Union, for that performance. And I thank Peter and I because... It wasn't mine. It was both of yeah. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have found it mm-hmm. without his help, mm-hmm. without his collaboration. I love that. Yeah. I love finding. I love being directed. I love finding things I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. Somebody giving me a little, a little fucking tip that <laughs> changes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. because I can't just like you know. I need outside feedback. You know, I need people in my life to mirror me back, mm-hmm. so I can get an idea of who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, in a way, uh, and yeah, how 100%. I'm doing. We yeah. like we. That's why we send out tracks to people before they're released or whatever. Be yeah. like, hey, what do you think of this yeah. or like whatever? Because you have to get that constructive criticism back as well. Like, yeah, you don't grow as an artist if you don't do these things. Yeah, hundred percent. There are yeah. some geniuses out there, like auteurs. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not one of them, <laughs> you know, who can just kind of like come up with brilliance yeah. in mm-hmm. isolation. Mm-hmm. I'm not that, you know, I, yeah. I do need the interaction. And mm-hmm. yeah. so this show, The Disappearance, uh, we found this thing that was just, and I ended up, it's interesting. I have my audition. It was a self tape and I have the scene that I auditioned and they're so different. <laughs> but it's the same scene. It's the same scene. And I, I did a like not a split screen, but I, did I? I may have put it up as a s- split screen, or I, I edited it onto one because I was teaching a. I was um, like visiting uh, in Vancouver a couple of years ago. A friend of mine uh, works at an acting, an acting uh, school, and he asked me to come in and do a course on mocap and video, oh, nice. video games. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I ran that. One of the things I've talked about auditioning and, and collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I showed, well, here's my audition. And here's here's the What's character. Yeah, yeah. The finished product. The finished yeah. product. Yeah, exactly. So different. Very different. So yeah, different. I yeah. imagine. Because what happened, like I played, and it was sort of written, sort of Machiavellian. This guy is coming up with this scheme, and it's the unfolding. It's the unveiling of his scheme. He's like dropping it on the guy he's been fucking with mm-hmm. that bond speech yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was i played I, play- I expect you to die <laughs> <laughs> and i played it delicious like he was just loving this moment like mm-hmm. it was every two years culmination of this plan coming together mm-hmm. and he loves it but as we were shooting peter was kind of nudging me to say like we can't tip off because i'm kind of li- not the re- there's a flip in the character mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just keeping me on this tightrope and also, do you know the actor Peter Coyote? No. Uh, he was like the That's FBI. That's a great name. Yeah, FBI. I was like, it's, it, you do, you do. It, you've it seen it him in every film. He's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. guys. That yeah. guy. He was like the FBI agent in E.T. <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, oh wow! Yeah, he's, wow. he narrates all the Ken Burns uh, documentaries. Oh, you've seen him in a lot of stuff. Anyway. He's in his seventies, uh, late seventies now, but he wow. he played. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, F- famous that guy. <laughs> and he's awesome. I lo- I, and I fell in love with Peter. Like we just, and he was, his character was the target of my plan. Okay. And in the end, I'm telling him what's happening. But as we were shooting, we sort of like fell in love in in love in 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 our own kind of way, you know, mm-hmm. just fell for each other. And the characters just developed this rapport that in the moment when it was coming to this speech, I was terrified to tell, I didn't want to tell him. I didn't want to break his heart. Aww. And I wanted to, I wanted him to die also. Yeah. <laughs> and I just started crying as I was telling him this. And it just wow. became this whole other thing. Do you know what I mean? That's then, so interesting. That's so awesome. Yeah. And that's that was so all cool. just being kind of open to whatever was happening mm-hmm. and being open to collaboration. Mm-hmm. And it's so much better than what it's, I came up with it, on my own. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so interesting yeah. because, like, we you know keep talking about like it it not being method, even if it has like shades of that. But yeah. like, you really seem to be able to just become a vessel. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think that's what. Like, I think it's. Just try to be open to the moment. And I don't know what that is, and I don't have any, like, I do use music a lot. I use a lot of my life, you know, like, life experiences mm. to try to conjure, a, you know, an emotional state I've been in before. But it's not method. Method is a whole yeah. thing, yeah, whole, you know, and I think, that's, I think that's tossed he, around he a little bit, He takes a look inside the door method. They just fling I, it open. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love uh, I love the show Babylon 5 from the 90s. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that in ages. <laughs> oh, my brother. So, so you know, Andreas Katsoulis as Jakar. Uh-huh. He was method. 
Okay. So he was walking around the set, and uh, it's funny because he's a chain smoker in real life. So he's walking around the set, and that was the one like uh, kind of cro- crossover was that he would smoke <laughs> even while he was Jakar. Okay. But he would just walk around chain smoking, being like, "I am Jakar, the <laughs> ambassador of the non delegation, and how dare you treat me like?" They're like, "Bro, we're at the craft table. Please just like get, wow, get out." Yeah. Of I'm trying to eat the salad, man. I, I, I love that performance. Jakar's performance in that show is okay, like I'll have to one of my one of my all times. I never watched it. I've just seen a few episodes. Uh, I watched the whole thing. It's so fantastic. He's, I think I do think people talk, toss around method a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a method. Like it's a whole mm-hmm. structure, mm-hmm. and there is something of like you know sense memory that are elements of it. You yeah. know that I yeah. do. Like I've studied a little bit with um, John Strasberg, Lee Strasberg's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uses kind of, you know, sense memory a lot in his work mm-hmm. and it's not method, but that was something that I found resonated with me. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of trauma, like a lot of, like old, uh, you know, a lot of old trauma, a lot of old weird things in my life mm-hmm. that I have access to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I think my job is to stay open to it mm-hmm. yeah. and, and keep access. It's, it's very empathetic. It's like, it's yeah. like you have like a yeah. hyper empathy that like allows you to to really get into those characters head That's spaces exactly what is, it is. is like what kind of how i feel it it comes across oh cool well, and thank even you. you being an empathetic person in the first place to be able to be like how can i be of service to the situation right. and people yeah. that's a very empathetic it's, thing i mm. think to do i guess so i think we you know i think we need to be i need to be in mm. my life for my own my own mental health. It's not an altruistic I thing. Feel, it's just, I, feel, I, feel, I can't remember where I heard it, but someone was like, you ever notice no one goes method to like play like a really nice guy? Hmm. Everyone just always goes method to just be a huge asshole. And like, well, you know, maybe we're inherently good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe that's, you have to go that's to an adorable, extreme. To, to it takes a lot of effort to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we are by default kind and loving. Yeah. 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 No work needed. That's fantastic. Hey, at least in this room. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, where are we moving on to next? What What else can we digress yeah. from? from? Oh, I'm a little curious about. You said Tarsum. Uh, Tarsum Singh. Yeah. Yeah. How was How was working with him? He's amazing. He's. Uh, I mean, look. He, every time I was on set, he was trying to manage. Uh, uh, Mickey Rourke, so <laughs> he had his hands full. Uh, but he was just lovely. He mm-hmm. was just like real, and he's he's like a deep artist. Yeah, mm-hmm. like incredible. I remember we when we um, just at the end of pre-production, I guess is when I came on. He invited us all, all down to the studio to walk through all the maquettes of all mm-hmm. the sets, and and the you know all the the mock-ups of all the wardrobe. Which is his wardrobes are, <sighs> yeah, yeah, crazy, just beautiful. <laughs> I can't remember the the costume designer. I can't remember her name, but she was mm-hmm. amazing, mm-hmm. Japanese woman. And uh, but he took it. We spent a couple of hours, and like each set, he'd say, well, "This is Hyperion's thing. And this is the Beastmaster's mm-hmm. lair, and this is, you know, the gods' arena." And his ideas and like his his inspirations for each one, mm-hmm. you know, and then with all the wardrobe and and took us all through it, God, that's you so know, yeah. to even have it like tied to like stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that for each 
yeah wardrobe yeah. each piece of clothing that's so interesting i yeah. need to see that one i've seen the fall and the cell and they're just crazy i love, the fall. The I fall, love that movie I, yeah I, <laughs> she showed sure. it to me for the first time and i like i was absolutely yeah. floored like i don't know how he made that movie because he like he would change it based on what would come out of this little girl's yeah. mouth she was oh, like really? changing the nature of the film oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, she's like four years old and she's yeah. just saying these things or like she sneezes and then they in in, in, in some faraway country that with all their costumes and everything they they do the scene Go based on her sneeze. having sneezed <laughs> just it's fantastic yeah, I, sh- I should have taken the opportunity to ask him some questions like one of the well, best as, transitions as I, i've ever seen in my life as i've <laughs> said before you miss 100% of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, one more and it's yours. Yeah. One more and it's mine. <laughs> yeah, it really is like that, like that technicality, like the le- working with people who have this like vision for what they have and it's so focused. It's, yeah. it's got to be uh, something else. You've got to recognize that while you're in the room with them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's, 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 uh, inspiring is not the right word but but it is inspiring mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i mean it's it's um yeah it's astounding like mm-hmm. it's really impressionant in french i can't <laughs> i can't I think it. of what it damn is damn near divine damn near divine. <laughs> it's, it's something close to it right yeah. because like you're in the presence of something beyond mm-hmm. yeah beyond a, a consciousness that, i yeah. yeah recognize i like i kind of i kind of get that like um uh, the last show we played before the pandemic uh, was with this guy Sage Francis, who's a, a very big deal in sort of the realm that that we I forgot that you work played in. with Sage. That's wild. It was <laughs> a highlight of my life, but definitely one of the biggest highlights was looking at him, like like performing mm-hmm. and uh, doing this song Morrison's Run, and literally looking around the room and just connecting with everybody in the room, and then looking at him at his merch table, and he just staring me right in the eyes, and I could just tell that I had Sage Francis's respect. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah, just, yeah. just like that moment of like working with these people. And yeah. It's a little closer on in like a film set than just like opening for somebody on a mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. But having that like, shit, like we we cross paths in a, in a real way. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. like you saw me. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just incidental. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and you realize you're you're a colleague of of somebody you look up to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that mm-hmm. weird moment of like, oh, yeah. that that yeah. peeling away the layers of the imposter syndrome. That's like, exactly I, what I was going to say. I do really do yep. this. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, exactly. Totally, it's a powerful mm-hmm. moment, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, the next question is, what has been your standout favorite project? Like, do you have one? I guess? And why is it slasher? <laughs> and why is it slashers? Well, no, so like seriously though, slashers will always hold. Like it's a really, imp- it was yeah. kind of a not a. It wasn't a breakout role, but it was <laughs> like it's what started it. Yeah, you know, like the whole everything around it, the phone call I was talking about, you know, and then the connections I made from it. It was like an inception point mm-hmm. into a new world and a new direction in my life, which was, you know, mm-hmm. a, you know, a powerful thing for mm-hmm. a movie to be in my life. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And, uh, you know, and meeting Morris Devereaux, who's like a really interesting cat. I learned a lot from him, like on on this one and then, you know, end of the line. Uh, But in terms, I think Disappearance, I just, I think I just spoke about that and I won't get more into it. But that was a real standout from a character standpoint and a collaborative standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I really, you know, I really just loved uh, that whole experience and everybody in it. Um, And The Caretaker. For uh, for 
you know, from a theater standpoint. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That was really powerful. And uh, Housekeeping and Homewrecking, which was the film that, uh, not the uh, the play that uh, my wife and I got together after. So, <laughs> that's that's so good. yeah, that's a peak moment. It's a great title. <laughs> what you say? Because we talked, we're talking a lot about the movies, but just because you sort of like delineated and we're like, oh, if I'm talking about this, 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 you know, plays and movies. I guess is there like a video game experience that you would say is uh, top lo- compared to the others? I love playing Charles Lee. Yeah, yeah, he was a lot of mm. fun, and also playing him through about twenty years, twenty three years, yeah, right? Because you meet him as a young thing. man, yeah, and then he's an older guy later. That's interesting. I didn't like yeah. think about that, but that is how those those games work in terms mm-hmm. of because they show you the the assassin's whole life, mm-hmm. so yeah. his whole mm-hmm. interactions with the founding fathers at first, like in Assassin's Creed Three, yeah, and then later once the country's a, a country, yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. I love doing that. I love just the little delineation of uh, how he moves when he's a young man, and how he moves when he's an older man. Mm-hmm. A little bit of more gravel on the voice that's as he so gets cool. older. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. To play Starts off like. Though. Master Kenway, Master Kenway. It's kind of like high, yeah, and then yeah. he gets into only tell us where your village is, boy. Oh, that's <laughs> you so know, good. gets more into a little more gravel. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Damn, man. that's awesome. So we talked. We talked a little bit about the move, like how long you've been here. Mm. But what was, I guess, like the deciding factor around film or? Mm-mm. No, Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're going to have to uh, yeah, elaborate, elaborate. <laughs> I wouldn't think an explanation is necessary. <laughs> he's like, I'll leave you with that. Thank you very much. He's, he's like, I've talked, much. I've talked enough. <laughs> Barcelona. Barcelona. Um, yeah, okay. So I'm from Montreal. It's winter there right now. So winter is a big part of it. Mm. And, and I was just talking a little bit about the trajectory of my wife and I and, and getting married and then my, getting my green card. So mm. there's sort of like always a joke for Canadian actors of, you know, and I was having some success and, and friends are like, hey, when are you going to get your O-1 visa and go down to L.A.? I'm like, mm. I'm just going to marry my American. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the joke. <laughs> that's and, that's uh, the, the plot of Born in East LA. <laughs> there are easier ways to go about this. Yeah. And um, and that, that was just a joke. But then it it, it you know it came to pass. <laughs> and uh, you know we had decided that you know uh, when we were living in Toronto we were like, well first off she had, Paula had already been married so it wasn't a big deal like she wasn't she wasn't looking to get married again. Mm. Um, uh, we're from. I'm from Quebec, where really people don't get married a lot. Common mm. law is really common. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of friends who have been you know living together for 20, 30 years, have adult children, and never you know got married. Yeah. Huh. So it's very common in Montreal. Um, so I wasn't thinking of it. Um, and we you know we knew we were in a terminal relationship. Like it was, <laughs> it was the last one. You know? yeah, yeah. This that's, is a terminal relationship. That's, uh, I really love that we were talking earlier about like the juxtaposition of tones. That's fantastic. <laughs> Baby, what we got is terminal. <laughs> hey, hey um, let's, uh, let's write a song after this. Yeah, terminal relationship. You, you can have that one. Yeah. We'll, uh, Much we'll, we'll the way like a PhD vocals. is a terminal, a PhD is a terminal degree, right? You can't, yeah, you can't go yeah. higher than that. Yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, immigration was a, a thing. This was, all my stories are long. I'm so sorry. No, it's fantastic. This is very, it's very romantic, though. Please. So we're sitting in, we had just moved to Toronto. We kind of had a five-year plan for Toronto. We'll yeah, we'd be in Toronto for five years and see what happens and where we're going to go next. And there was somewhere, like, maybe we'll end up on the West Coast. Her family's still in Portland. Mm. 
At one point, she's reading a book, and I'm sitting on the couch uh, on the iPad on the uh, USCIS page, which is Customs and Immigration mm-hmm. page, just kind of getting some information. I realize, oh, if you've already been married for two years, it's sort of simpler to get along. You know, like you go right to a 10-year green card or something oh, like that. Okay, okay. You don't have to do the two-year conditional. Right. And so I'm kind of like thinking out loud, going, oh, what if I got married? Then if, you know, a few <laughs> years down the road, it might be easier like mm-hmm. if we decide to do that and she's like mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and i'm like yeah i'm thinking a little more and i'm like what if we did that it's not a terrible idea I'm like do you want to get married <laughs> like what if we did so that what if we went and got married like this fall and this is what i see she's reading her book she just goes yeah it doesn't bother me being married <laughs> Doesn't bother me being married. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll chicken for dinner. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I can stomach you. Yeah, it doesn't bother me being married. It's it got a little more romantic after that. We we flew. To, I was shooting on X Men at that time. I ended up, I think, right after that, booking X Men and then booking Helix. Oh wow! Okay. So I ended up back in in uh, Montreal for five months. But we ended up flying to Portland. I asked her, her parents, if you know, for her hand. It was, Aww. it was, it, it was a <laughs> gimme. We, I was, I, I was taking no risks there. We, we got along great. Okay. Um, but then I was like, I booked Helix, and I'm like, well, I don't want to wait till like January mm-hmm. to to do this. And uh, she didn't want a big wedding. I didn't. And I'm like, why don't we go away somewhere? And uh, we just decided on on Vegas and Elvis. Hell yeah, yeah. Because oh, wow. I was shooting, and so in the middle of shooting Helix. That week, I asked them to push all my scenes to the end of that week so we could take a weekend and get married yeah, and come back yeah. and keep shooting. So when it, then we honeymooned in Barcelona. Oh, okay. And Here we go. I don't know if you've been to Montreal or Toronto. I haven't. No. Montreal Only is, Vancouver. No. Okay, Vancouver's all right. Van, the, the, <laughs> the, the motto for Vancouver should be Vancouver. It's fine. <laughs> it's a town. <laughs> it's a town. People live my, here. My brother lives in Vancouver. And I, I, love, I, I love it. Population. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There we uh, go. So Montreal's beautiful, and there's there's a certain majesty in Montreal. Like there's there's a culture. There's like a really deeply artistic culture. The French Canadian culture I, I love, and and it's it's also very European. Mm. And like the the old town is is gorgeous, and there's just a lot of majesty and history and culture in uh, in Montreal. When I had visited LA, there's, there's a majesty just topographically and geographically here. The mythology, like I grew up listening to the Doors. There's like a Jim uh-huh. Morrison mythology in my blood yeah, that yeah, I yeah. stand, you know, on the Hollywood Hills, going like, oh, my God. <laughs> and the desert, and I love it. And there's a majesty here that I love. Toronto. Well, it's a good city. It's like there's a lot, you know, good nightlife and stuff, but there's nothing majestic about it. It's quite flat. There's one tall building. It's a cool lake. <laughs> and, uh, but it's not majestic. And so when we went to, we had traveled a bunch and we were always come whenever we traveled, like to, to Paris and Belgium. And, and uh, when we come home, we'd come back to Montreal. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so when you're coming home, you're going, oh, back to Montreal, back to all this cool, you know, it's a good city to come back to. Yeah. When we were honeymooning in Barcelona, about three days before we were coming back, we're like, first off, we were like, Barcelona, if, if there was an industry here, we'd move there. And if we yeah. could work in Barcelona, yeah, of course. this is where we'd live. It's, I love it. Mm-hmm. We were coming back and we were like, okay, so going back in three days. And we're like, oh, we're going home to Toronto. 
<laughs> we're really gonna have to look hard for beauty. <laughs> that, that end, that so end of the vacation, you know, yeah. work, works on Monday. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. You know, yeah. because like in Barcelona, there's just beauty everywhere. Like mm. just like there are random benches looking at a Gaudi building, you know. Mm. And, mm-hmm. and um, Toronto doesn't have that sense of majesty. I don't. I never felt that about it. Mm. And so we started thinking about, well, maybe we. Maybe we head to California, you know, because we both quite liked it. So anyway, I ended up getting my green card and uh, and that's a wild medium here. to choose from <laughs> like between Montreal. <laughs> but you know, like we're both actors, and like it's a place you can come and potentially work. Yeah, yeah. if you were going to be anywhere where the action is, there's, there's, a lot of stuff going on. there's, there's no winter. There's a there's yeah. a worse place for a guy with a Frank Miller joint and an X-Men movie mm. on his resume. Although <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've really not worked down here at all in film and in television. Really? I really haven't. All my work ended up being back in the... Uh, so funny. Well, look, That's you come so... down here at 45 years old yeah. into this pool. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no illusions yeah. of, like, they're going to be... I'm going to be coming down and Hollywood's going to be like... Finally, yeah. we have all these roles we can't We've fill because we can't find any 45-year-old white guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> all the guys down here in my in my casting, you know, have resumes and reels bigger than mine, have been in this system for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had no illusions about that, and I knew, and we didn't come out here for work. We mm-hmm. came out here for lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the mountains. I got my motorcycle license, and I ride every day. Oh, and, man. Uh, you know, go backpacking, camping out in Joshua Tree and up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. I just love Southern California. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and my wife loves it here, and we just have like a, a lifestyle that we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and work was still happening up in in Montreal and Toronto, and my wife does uh, voice work, and uh, so he, actually during the pandemic, she's worked a little more mm-hmm. because she didn't have to book something in Montreal or Toronto. Yeah. They're, they're more used to patching in now. Yeah. So yeah. we have a little recording studio in our wow, in our cool. office and she'll record spots. You, you know, Very you know, cool. we're gonna have to uh talk a little bit after this because um I play test games for Sony sometimes. Uh-huh. And I know the lead audio engineer at Sony in San Mateo. Oh, okay. So I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, Well, there might be some synergy there for oh, you maybe. for you to invite Put sure. you two in a conversation. Uh, always uh, happy to talk to people. Sure, man. Yeah, yeah. Get you, get you in uh, the next God of War. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's been a minute. Uh, you let, ever think about being Kratos? Let, let, yeah. me, let me hear your angry Viking. <laughs> <laughs> I have to move this away. <laughs> uh, so, what was the question? That I just gave that long answer to? Uh, just what was the impetus to move here? Okay, yeah, so yeah, that yeah, was okay. Yeah, I did Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Barcelona. 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 I tried to give you a short answer, man, but you wouldn't have it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's funny because you mentioned the architecture. Like, I'm I'm also a skater. Okay. And uh, Barcelona is very, very famous for skateboarding. Oh, it's like one of the best places in the world to skate. Oh, wow. And it's because of just the take on architecture yeah, that has yeah. happened there. And people aren't very bothered by it like uh makba the museum uh-huh. is like one of the most famous skate spots in the world really? and people just skate right in front of the museum on the ledges and everyone's fine with it no one cares they let people okay, come it. and go that are doing their thing mm-hmm. and everyone just lets they the skaters do their thing yeah yeah, yeah i love it it's a trip That's so good yeah so, cool. so i've always wanted to go to barcelona oh it's <laughs> it's amazing yeah it's really it's just so beautiful and park gaudi is incredible and all of it yeah mm-hmm. do it 
Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Don't wait to get married. On, on the bucket just go list. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. I've been wanting to go to Japan uh, all pandemic. I finally like saved up enough money right before the pandemic hit. Uh, and me and my girlfriend want to do that. So for the last like two years, we've just been, there's been all these false starts of like, oh, they're starting to let people back into Japan. Nope. The, yeah. uh, the Olympics ruined that. And yeah, uh, yeah, so now yeah. we got to wait. But it's yeah. just this funny like, damn, I'm finally ready to travel, but you won't have me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that line is like, uh, if you want to make God laugh, make a plan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. So what are, you, what are you working on now? Are you working on anything? I'm working in location management and scouting right now. That's kind of been my focus this year because uh, like during the pandemic, work up north uh, dried up a little bit mm-hmm. and it's been a little more not that I've been jaded on on the the acting side of things, but I'm just kind of looking for a bit of a different focus, you know, mm-hmm. and want to get been writing. I wrote a screenplay, uh, which I'm going to start pitching around soon, which is an ab- absurd comedy about wrestling. Nice. I love it's that. It's not about wrestling. I hey, I mean, you, you already cast me as the next Chainsaw Catch me in. It's about it's about a, a French Canadian kind of like backyard wrestler who uh, sees baby Jesus in sweat lodge and is told to go wrestle the demons out of people I, across Canada. I love it. I it makes me think of. Um, Danny McBride, the the foot fist way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah he's a Taekwondo yeah. instructor, but he's a scammer. He's like not oh, really okay. a black belt. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like black comedy type. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, this guy is a little. He's earnest and sweet, and uh, so yeah, it's called the Unitard. That's nice. so great. I love it. I love that so much. That's fantastic. I love that. I hope, I really hope that we yeah. can see that very yeah, soon. Yeah, hopefully I get that done. <laughs> So that's been a focus. My wife's been writing a little more too. She's got a couple of things going that we're we're trying to get uh, some traction to, and uh, yeah. In the last year, I've been doing location management and scouting, and I just find I love scouting, man. Like, nice. you know, meeting with the director and production designer, go over the script, and and try to find those uh, find the playground for the yeah. story. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned hiking and Joshua Tree and everything. So <laughs> like, obviously, you you love nature. So yeah. it seems like a it's like um, it's marrying your hobbies and your job. Yeah, right? you know, and it's yeah. Uh, and it's a decent paycheck, which Absolutely. is nice too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's uh, you know that's that's uh, that's a reality about living here. Yeah, you got to make some money. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, I love just riding my motorcycle around trying to find places. And, yeah. uh, and then I even find like when we're shooting the logistics of of the locations uh, department. I didn't think I'd love that, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so crazy. Sometimes That's numbers awesome. make sense to people. And yeah. yeah, it's comforting. I get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A thousand percent. And I'm a little obsessive, so once you know, there's a problem that uh, needs uh, shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yep. it. Yeah, yep. like kind of dog with a bone. That's that, so fun. That, uh, that was something that they were talking about at my job recently. Was they were like, you know. When you wake up, they were talking about the power of making your bed, which is like yeah. something that I like that I, yeah. that I like for years I've done. And just that you start your day, it's a very easy task. Boom, the dopamine is rolling. You've gotten mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. feedback of doing a task and yep. doing it well. Accomplishing it. And, yeah. and then you're just on for the rest of the mm-hmm. day. Like as soon as you do that and mount those small victories, yeah. mm-hmm. it's easier to build towards like a bigger That's victory. Interesting. 100%. And like I think like that also, uh, that, that thought, that idea to a kind of spiritual approach to the day too, you know, like in terms of, you know, meditation or, or just a uh, state of mind. 
I always think of uh, just angles, right? Because if you start, I know this is a podcast, <laughs> doing a little visual thing here. But they're going to watch it. No, they're going to watch it. Yeah, they're watching it. So, right, like something like swinging, swinging a mace or something that's not, maybe not the best thing. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> but even swinging your arm, like the distance at the, at the fulcrum point here mm-hmm. is minimal, right? From here to here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the distance it's moved out here at my fingertips is appreciable. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. It's a, it's, so if my day starts... I can do nothing right here and say spiritually or even, you know, with accomplishments or a sense of doing something, my line is sort of like this because I'll do things. But if mm-hmm. I start my day just with a put it, knock it off a yeah. little bit of an angle, by the time I get to five in the afternoon, mm-hmm. the difference in my day I've created with five minutes of meditation mm-hmm. or making my bed. Mm-hmm can be vast that's yeah. a great way to put that you it's know absolutely yeah. and it's incredible. like just the arm like at a, at a fulcrum point mm-hmm. and the distance i'm always just kind of fascinated with that idea if i can make a little change at the beginning of my day well what does that translate out at the end of the day or the mm-hmm. week or the year or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. Well, but for this one we're going to use the chainsaw yes so. yeah, so <laughs> chainsaw. yeah so at the inner part of the blade you know you're only going to cut so <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about that earlier with um, I play a lot of Japanese video games and oh, stuff okay. and it's like a lot of them are very very long and it's like oh it's a hundred hour game but if I start it I will get to the end yeah. and there's all this awesome you know worth for me to pull out yeah. and get through it but if yeah. I just sit here and go it's a hundred hours when I'm gonna have a hundred hours you just have to take those steps mm-hmm. in, in anything and, and build build towards that yeah mm-hmm. and it, it's you know also that can that kind of idea can be translated to the the thought of you know perfect is, is the enemy of good yeah or perfect is the enemy of done mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know yeah. What I, mean? I like absolutely that. I like yes. that. I'm not gonna absolutely. start unless I can see the finish yeah, yeah. but yeah. also Fuck, man! I can't. I don't know how it's gonna end. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. That's that's the hard part about starting anything new. Mm-hmm. I think especially is like having something that you're good at already. Yeah. Of like you're just like, well, I'm not great at this already. Yeah. yeah. Where like for me, <laughs> for me, like the first time I rapped, I was like, like I love skateboarding. I never felt good at it. Yeah. I was always like, there's other people jumping down handrails, doing all this stuff. I'm not very good at it. I love it. It's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm realistic with myself rap as soon as i started it i was like no i'm good at this yeah this is what i want to do Mm -hmm. so like trying to get into production making beats it's like i have to really hold myself to the fire and be like no this isn't fun it's a different part of your brain but you will eventually get there Mm -hmm. it's not as uh, immediately gratifying Mm -hmm. but if you want this other skill set you have to work yeah Yeah. you know Mm -hmm. like yeah totally because it's easy to pick something up and have a facility with it and stop there because it is gratifying to be good at something right away <laughs> yeah exactly and i mean that's what i've kind of talked to i've had in recent conversation with friends and like everyone has this sort of i'll get to it eventually mm-hmm. sort of attitude but it's like i tell people all the time like the only way to learn how to do something is just to dive in you just and have start to do doing it, it. Yeah. like you know whether it be content creating a podcast like whether it be getting into acting like doing anything you just need to dive in hundred percent like that's how i built an acting career it was just like mm-hmm. i you know had this you know kind of one i don't know if it was lucky or fortunate you know right place right time not hanging up the phone mm-hmm. you know and and then i was good at it like mm-hmm. it was yeah. just something like yeah. oh yeah. i have a facility for this absolutely and i also realized that i need to i'm not going to theater school i'm 30 something years old i'm not going back to school <laughs> but i need to learn 
Mm-hmm. So I ended up learning on other people's dimes, right? Like I'm gonna do um, do your fringe show. Mm-hmm. I'll do your student film. Mm-hmm. I'll do Shit, whatever. You work for exposure. <laughs> I'll work for exposure yeah, yeah. for a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like we talked about. That's that's the thing is a yeah. lot of artists yeah. never get to the point where they pull away those layers mm-hmm. of imposter syndrome yeah. to go. Well, now I've been doing this for three yeah, years. Fuck you, pay me. I deserve a little gas money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and it yeah. builds up from there. And there was something that was really, that was conscious on my part was I, I retrained my sort of response to fear, right? Because mm. what would happen, somebody would ask me to do something and I, I've never done it. So yeah, I don't want yeah. to. I want to say no. Yeah. And so I would just go, yeah. Yep. <laughs> And then fucking panic. Like, I don't know, what the fuck, what did I fucking just agree to do? I've never done Shakespeare. (laughs) You know, I've never done mask work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I've just been asked to like, you know, do this mask show with this troupe and we write our own, make our own masks and write our own stories. I've never done any of that. But I just agreed to it. Yeah. Because this, you know, woman saw me in a play and she liked what I did and they were putting on this thing. I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, hey, I know how to make a mask and write a, write a compelling funny piece and yeah. perform it sure as yeah, i know how go. to wear one i know how to wear a mask <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta cut your teeth somehow and like yeah, i'm sure we both have the experience yeah. of like oh i'm so proud of this new song or whatever mm. you play it not the response you expected no yeah. absolutely and you, yeah. just, and you just have to you walk away it's from again, that it's not you yours know? anymore it's you, it's someone else's yeah. it's up to them to receive it and to interpret you, you it gotta to live me. on the other side of that experience mm-hmm. and yeah. like Take it. You, know? you just have to say yes to it, right? Because my fear, yeah. my fear is going to stop me, mm-hmm. and it's Absolutely. and it's it's a fallacy. Some yeah. experiments right? fail, and you have to be uh, knowledge like know that going into it. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a chance, yeah. Because yeah. you can't if you're always I'm going to win everything. I'm the best. Then you're going to be really upset when it doesn't work. But if you're unless you're just the best, which yeah. is <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and for some people that drives them in, so, in like, yeah, in like a way top, yeah. that I that mm-hmm. I can't like fully comprehend. But like you know, it is just uh, that like building up. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. We have had an amazing time. Yeah, I think, uh, absolutely. I, th- I think I think that's about time. We, we better let this man get to a yeah. hockey game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got some hockey to watch, man. Absolutely. I, but thank you so I, much for coming on. To I the think show, we have man. one more mm-hmm. question to to end it off. Yeah. All right. Which yeah, is, means- which is uh, what movie do you recommend? Like, absolutely. What, like what? Like we would love to oh, cover uh, so a pick of yours on this. Like a, do- a horror thriller film. Yeah. That, uh, boy. <laughs> One of my favorite all time that just creeped the hell out of me was The Changeling. Oh, oh the change yeah. like the old so, one like yeah, the like 70s yeah. the one the 70s yeah. one okay. is so good Joseph yeah it's cr- oh yeah <laughs> hell yeah we're doing the change okay. like, baby yeah that's awesome I love that movie and I yeah I don't know a lot of people who really even talk about it even these yeah, days it might like, be, is it a Canadian film I have no idea. I couldn't tell you that, but I know. There's no way of finding out. (laughs) If only there was some magical. If only I had a uh, (laughs) magical tablet. I loved that movie when I first saw it, though, and yeah, it definitely. It was one of those things where I thought it was because is is it a remake? No, I don't they, know if it, they completely Jay just, Michael Straczynski, the writer of B, B5, did another movie that I think is also called Changeling, but it's about okay. a child who disappeared in so like the, the 40s or 50s. Lee, no, I, there, there was one with Nicole Kidman. Is that, is that what was I'm, that? No, that was the others. 
Oh yeah, that was the oh, other. Yeah, 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 I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of there the is Jim another channel. This one they had like the the uh, yeah yeah the medium who's the just medium like writing on papers a, and yeah, you know, like throwing paper. it. Yeah. I think it's Canadian. I think oh, it is wow, Canadian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So so the movie that I'm thinking of, yeah, the Changeling 2008 mm-hmm. is directed by uh, Clint Eastwood and it was yeah. written by JMS. And uh, in his... That was Jolie, right? Angelina Jolie. Um, Wasn't she like... She's like the mother... Yep, yep. Angelina like, yeah, Jolie like is... gaslighting her. And yeah, oh, that's the whole yeah, thing. Is yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, cops yeah. just complete... And it's a true story. The cops mm, just yeah. completely fucked up. Yeah. And then they just told... They gaslit this woman into going insane <laughs> and spending the rest of her life in an asylum. It's, right. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting movie, too. But the one I'm talking the one, about... Yeah, the one yeah. It was like about. a 1970s... That shit is terrifying, yeah, dude. It was so, so creepy. well done. The, yeah. Like, the practical effects in there are very well done. It's a subtle movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. If you love Skimmering, you're gonna love the Changing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and if you love the Changing, you're gonna love Skimmering. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Go check it out. Well, absolutely. Well, hell yeah. Thank you. This oh, is thank you so much so for being here. Yeah, this is absolutely like we could not. You can't imagine how excited we were to get the call from her and saying like, hey, like <laughs> the, the five a.m. message. I was, uh, yeah. I was watching no the credits. Was I was watching the credits, and I know this guy. Yeah, dude. I'm I like, woke uh, up. I woke up and was like, what the, what? Yeah, I was like, like, wait, excuse me? Oh, no, absolutely. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. It was we my really pleasure, guys. It. I'm glad that, I'm glad that the, the Slashers is still bringing joy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 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 It's, you know, don't, don't be surprised if, uh, if we try to pressure Evelyn into messaging you about maybe a end of the line episode down the sure. road. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would love we, to have Very you back different on. movie, but yeah, I definitely love to I come back and talk about that. That would be fun to do maybe just to directly talk about the movie because we yeah, have sure, such a yeah. like over yeah, now, you've got, just, now you've got all the information just to get into that, that the meat of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no we're so grateful to you for being yeah, on this, this like, been thank awesome. you so much like Dude, our little man. show you know like we're we're knowing man like it, <laughs> but this is this means the world to us oh, right awesome. now to be able to again it's something that we've covered that's the deepest possible cut yeah, it really is. It's a pretty deep absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, that was like the the backbone of the show was I wanted to do movies that people aren't talking about. The, so the the movies that like uh you that you love to be like, oh, you like this? Let me give you this. Yeah, 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 but doing yeah, exactly. it in like a wide way yeah, where it's yeah. like that's what we were doing. We were just yep. messaging each other. He was like you know, we met because of, of another friend of ours booked a show down here for me when I was on tour. Okay. And he booked Sideshow mm-hmm. as, like, local support. And so we met there, talked a little bit. We're friends on Facebook for a while. So years later, Set, start, he's, Years he, later. He posted something about a movie that I like. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you like that? You got to check this out and this out and this out. It just became and a big just, brother relationship. Like, hey, right. kid, check this out. <laughs> yeah. And then, it just, and then he started hitting me with, with so many recommendations. And now most of the time when they're like, oh, I've seen this movie and I love it, I'm like, I'm so out of the loop. And that's like my kind of impetus to do the podcast is like, now I have a great reason mm-hmm. to yeah. sit down and watch handpicked movies. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you guys all know each other? How do you know these Literally fellas? Literally all through uh, a film group. <laughs> it's Facebook? a film group on Facebook. Yeah. We randomly met. Uh, oh, we okay. randomly In met. In a group, yeah. Yeah, and on Facebook. Were... This was like a year The A24 and a half. group? Yeah, probably like into us knowing each other. It's like, probably, probably not A24 film group. Yeah, yeah, the not A24 film group. And then like literally yeah. one day she had invited me. We had just been talking and had the mutual love of like obscure horror movies. Uh-huh. And then like... Like she was like, oh, we're having a barbecue mm-hmm. one day, uh, and if you, you know, if you're, I know, I know you're nearby, so if you want to come down, I was like, 
I, I don't have anything going on, so yeah, I'll roll over. Little did I know, we're now best friends doing a show together. Oh, like, very cool. It's very small, and then they only met through me. Yeah, yeah we did our first episode first before episode. we ever met. We, we, oh, really? we never yeah, met. We just went straight we, into we, it. We hopped, we hopped on a Zoom because we talked about it for a while. We were like, this would be great. I'd, I'd wanted to do a podcast for so long, mm-hmm. but it just... You know, various ideas that never came I together. I crashed your guys' podcast. Yeah, we were talking about it for like a year, and we kept doing that, like kind of like we were talking about earlier. Exactly. The classic. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start it later. We'll start it later. Yep. We'll start it later. And then he comes to me one day, and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, like, totally respectful. Not, not in any way, like sideways, but just mm-hmm. like." You know, me and my friend Evelyn have been talking about similar things and watching all these movies and blah, blah, blah. Let's so, go. So I really want to move <laughs> forward, you know, but I would like your blessing. And yeah. I was like, man, I don't want to hold you back, but I, you're so right. And we just got to jump off the ledge and do this. Yeah. Let's try and do this. And then we did it, man. And then we, got, we, we got on a Zoom to introduce ourselves and we had already all watched High Tension. Yeah, So yeah. we just, we were like, fuck it, let's do an episode right now. High Tension, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's literally what we did. We had no idea what the format of the show was going to be or anything. Okay. Like, it was just like, this is all very natural. You know what I mean? Now we here we are. Uh, what, we've been out since July, so about like six, seven months now. About 20 okay. episodes. Yeah. 20 episodes in? Mm-hmm. Almost, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is gonna be, and this actually comes out on Valentine's. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, so, you know. Slashers for Valentine's. Grab, grab your sweetheart. Do you, do you want, does, uh, does Chainsaw Charlie have a message for the lovers out yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, before we go, please, please close this out. I would love, I would love to hear oh from you. Oh my god, I don't know if I could do like a whole sentence in Chainsaw <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Let well, me get, howdy, uh, folks. I hope y'all have a good Valentine's and, and enjoyed our episode here. It was lovely meeting these folks. <laughs> I hope to see them all again when we discuss End of the Line. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a real nice time. <laughs> this is better. Well, I, it's, a, you, I you, haven't done that in 20 years. You moved on from it. <laughs> and B, I've never done that without the teeth thing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right because there's like a wish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. I appreciate <laughs> like you've now made the entire show. Like that's yeah. it. So uh, if you guys enjoy this, please rate, review, and subscribe. All the goodies. Um, please let us know if you want more like this. We would love to have other guests on. You know, down the line, I'm sure. But like this Le- is a- leverage Evelyn's little black book <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't know I had. Yeah. So, but thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Please uh, on iTunes, Spotify, all that. You know what to do. I don't even hit hit us with that good five star. Exactly, it, it helps. You yeah. know, one one person gave us a, an angry one star at the beginning, <laughs> and we're still recovering. We're at like four point five stars. Wow. I, I was I was like, it's definitely someone who hates me, guys. Absolutely, <laughs> we're good. We're good. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back uh, next week. Oh wow, that's right. Okay, so I don't know if we actually. Because after this is going to be Mandy. Because this is going to be Mandy. And then so, after yeah. that's going to so, be, yeah. Yeah, so you guys are going to treat next week is our video episode of Mandy. This was such a fun episode. Uh, an dude. absolute was, fever dream. It was incredible. The, the quasi Mandy slash vampires kiss episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys I've never for seeing that. That's a fever dream. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back. Take care, you guys. Late.